What's that then, eh? You got any bots on your spot, have ya? <laughs> I got what? spots on my bum. Right, hey! Uh, eh? Right, wanker! You cheeky monkey. You are a cheeky monkey. Don't embarrass me in front of my sister. Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza. And yeah, well, I already know what kind of night this is gonna be. <laughs> um hey, had a good day in the garage. Didn't get a lot done, but had some fun. <laughs> I'm joining me in the studio tonight, running the board. It's Stumpy John. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Stumpville. <laughs> I'm loving watching Emma making a vagina Classy face. girl couch tonight. We have Kelly. Hi, I'm Kelly. There you go. Coming around the other side of the room, a man spreading for me right now. It's oh, yeah. Craig. Hello, team. This is Craig. What a spread. Reporting live. What a spread. What a spread. <laughs> Oh, by the wow. open like window, ready to leap out. It's Naked Jim. They're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent. <laughs> and of course, joining us from his scooter garage, it is Bagel. Hello. Yes, I am here. Yes, In one are. piece. Yes, yes. Of course. Well, we've got a big show for you tonight. What am I then? Chop liver. Oh, I was waiting for you to behave, and then I was going to... Oh, wow. I see. I was oh, you got put on a timeout. No, because that wasn't nice. Hello, darlings. <laughs> and, of course, that is Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. There it is. No, just, are you going to be nice? Are you going to behave now? I wasn't misbehaving. Really? No, really. What are you pointing your finger at me for? <laughs> <laughs> you toss her? He made me do it. <laughs> I'll, no, pull, I'll, I'll be, pull that finger. No, I'm very sorry I was disrespectful to, <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. Oh, it's, whose fault? The devil it made be? her do no, it. it. No, it's in my upbringing, darling. Oh. <laughs> Should we ring your mom up and, oh, God. And, ask, and tell her that it's her fault? <laughs> do you know what would happen if you it's rang my mom It's the whole town of Birmingham. <laughs> she'd, she'd go, would you want your wanker? <laughs> That's exactly what she'd say. How about I let's ring my mom up. She's on a kick right now that I'm a hoarder and I need an intervention. Dirt, hoard, or dirt. Yeah. Well, that could, do you really want us to comment on that? <laughs> is, is this about the toasters? No, those are her toasters. Oh. Other than this room we are sitting in, which maybe has a thousand toy motorcycles. Jim, am I a hoarder? You're a you're a collector. Extreme collecting is how I would define you more. You how? don't there's not like piles of newspapers around, but you may have a few more thousand motorcycle toys about somewhere here. I yeah, know. but that that's one collection. How but many you know, how many motorcycle little motorcycles do you think you have? So you had to take a guess. Well, like a thousand, but they're all in on display. No, that's not, it. what I'm about those hundreds you bought at Laguna Seca this last year? They're on display. They're okay. in here. Well. But but, you know, you immediately think of a hoarder as being somebody who's kind of moving from like, little passageways with giant stacks of newspaper. And that's one extreme of it. But, no, I think you are actually a little bit of a hoarder. But not what? in those terms. Not in the stacks of newspaper everywhere. Craig, do I appear to be a hoarder? You have passion, and it shows oh in your... God. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like you have a good personality. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Well, you know what? This this does come around in that one of the things my mom has been getting on me about is I got some boxes out in the hallway outside the studio. Of she wants me to get rid of, and I'm like, well, they're not bothering anyone. They're not yeah, anyway. But you know what's in one of those boxes is a whole bunch of hats and shirts and tools and things. I, well, we used to do like the monthly giveaway. I kind of stopped doing it, but I figured at our 500th. Um, extravaganza recording on december 3rd this would be an opportunity to give away a lot of free stuff yeah, um a nice variety of stuff in there too exactly and and so emma i wanted to get your like feedback everyone yeah here, i wanted to get your feedback so we're going to be in um, a theater john got to see the theater yesterday yeah it's great can't wait yeah, yeah we were doing a tech okay. tech run to make sure everything works um don't forget, go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. Reserve your free seat today, Craig. Did you get yours? I yes, did indeed. Did. And um, Emma, I'm figured we need to give away stuff. How are we going to give it away? Do we do a, a give it away, give raffle it away, or do we now. do like questions or we just slingshot stuff out into the audience? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, no, I think people should have to work for their stuff. Performance oh. art. Ooh. Performance art. Performance art. I think you can you can get up. And you can sing a song, do a dance, tell us a joke we haven't heard. Should we do a, Make pan- a little love? Pants Get off, down tonight. Pants off, dance off. Pants off, dance off. <laughs> that was hey, my there's a dance favorite show. Yeah, pants off, I dance think off. I'm down with the Detroit Detroit Cobras. We're gonna see Naked Jim in all his glory. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I actually have prizes from Motown to give away. Oh, well, we'll add it to wow. the pile. Of stuff we're going to be giving away. There's some cool um, stuff we've collected over the years from yeah. vendors and stuff, T-shirts and. But I think pants off, mm. dance off. I like the sound of that. We're going to keep working on that, but that was just a long way of saying, "Hey, did you get your ticket to, yet to go to our 500 celebration?" Uh, John and I have been fielding calls from yeah. some friends of ours People, who are coming from uh, out of town. My Pakistan guys are coming. A couple of them. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know. Ooh. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, shout out Joe and Joe David. And David, yeah. Yeah, uh, coming from Atlanta. Atlanta and uh, both Atlanta, yeah. Oh, you know what, Emma? One of those prizes has to be for whoever traveled the furthest. Oh, yeah. It's Without, be- no pants off, dance off required for that. If you just travel the furthest, we're going to give you something cool. I think you get the uh, the iron dildo. I think, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> for the ultimate misfit award, it really kind of has to be a giant dildo, I think. Or a possum. Yes, a dildo in the shape of a possum. I don't know my dildos are possums. I'm going to Google that right now. <laughs> Alibaba would have it. Yeah, they would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so really looking forward to that. I hope um, people come. We're more than two-thirds sold sold out, and it's free. You just have to reserve your ticket. Um, got a couple of things to talk about uh, tonight. Um, one of them is I stopped by, I stopped by Emma's shop. Uh, earlier this week and it's had, always a gift when you swing by yeah. liza because usually um when I, liza shows up at the shop usually what happens <clears throat> is she'll pull up outside in her car and just open the window and go oi out of the window i'm like come in liza oi and i have to come to her it's a very liza thing however i knew this was special because she got out of the car and actually walked into the shop, so I knew there was something brewing. But you had your eye on something in my showroom, didn't you? Yeah, so I don't know for you guys here in the room. I know, Bagel, you can't really see it. But what what bike does that look like? Does that, does that look like anything to you? Looks like a V-Rod. 
I can't yeah. quite see really. To be honest, looks with like it looks like a, a V rod, a Harley V rod, and I was like, huh, it's it's a V rod with a weird seat and fender, two third scale. Yeah, and I'm like, what? What? And she's like, it's not a V rod. It's a Hyosung. I'm like, hmm. Hyosung. I haven't heard that name in a while. So uh, I was like, wait, Hyosung. I I don't I don't know that much about Hyosung. Other than about, I think around 2005, when did uh, did Hayden win the MotoGP at Laguna Seca? Was that 06? I think it was 06. I think it was around then. I remember <clears throat> seeing a booth at, um, at Laguna Seca at MotoGP that was promoting these new bikes called Hyosung from Korea. And they had one that looked suspiciously a lot like an SV650. Have you seen those, Craig's? Craig? Yeah. I mean, it looks suspicious. And this one looks suspiciously a lot like a V-Rod. And they had ones that they basically completely just knocked off other brands' bikes. Um, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. But they were cheap. I think a new bike was like maybe $5,500 or something. Not very much. Um and I didn't hear much about them, see much about them, but they would run ads in magazines from time to time. And then I, I think I've mentioned this before. I knew somebody who had bought one and uh, he had it less than a thousand miles and it had engine trouble. He took it back to the shop and they were doing this whole uh, hemming and hawing thing about repairing it because I guess Hyosung doesn't have a great uh, warranty or customer service or whatever. And it was in there for months. And they were saying, like, we don't have, we can't get another engine for it. And he was really frustrated. Somebody who just bought his first bike and then, you know, within the first year have it be taken away. He got a call one day from the shop, from the service mechanic who said, your bike's ready, come and get it. Well, it turns out that the service mechanic quit. And right before he quit, he took an engine out of a a showroom bike, put it in this customer's engine, called him and said, come and get it quick. Emma, have you ever done anything like that? The grand exit? I'm going to take the fifth on that. When I look back at my career, there have been mostly uneventful exits, and it's usually (coughs) just walking into the service managers, and I'm like, I'm done. Smell you later. But there have been a couple of spectacular exits that usually involve, you know, heartache and pain. For my previous employer, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's great. Pulling an engine out of a showroom bike and putting it in a customer's, I'm all about that. Yeah, because apparently the mechanic said they'd had problems with a lot of the bikes, so I, I didn't think much of it. And you know, they kind of disappeared after that for right. years. I didn't see them, but every now and then I'd see one on Craigslist or something. So I knew they existed, but I honestly thought that they went away. Right. Until I saw one in your shop. And I would like to point out that my shop is one of the few shops probably in the world. That will work online. That will. (laughs) No, I mean, you'll see. I was like, well, she'll take anything. A higher song parked exactly where a Vincent Black Shadow was the month before. Yeah. You know. And well, to a certain extent, I draw the line. I'll work on any bike, but I won't work for any customer. Yeah, and that's where I tend to draw the line. And the guy brought me the hire song, and he'd had some pretty shitty luck in his life. And he's like, please help me, you know, just get this bike so I can claw back some of my life. I'm like, sure, why not? What was, what was the issue? With him? 
Or with a bike. The bike. <laughs> um, <laughs> his sounds like a long story. His <laughs> is a long story, which I, you know, I, I shouldn't really it just, share. But, but it's just the, been sitting, right? The it bike was essentially a very, very <coughs> low mileage bike yeah. that suffered from exactly what bikes suffer from when they sit around forever. The tires were shot, the brakes were shot, the fuel was shot. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. sad. But you, I mean, you're Unhappy. talking. You're talking about eight years. And it's, so, it's a really clean, oh, it looks brand new. Oh, right? it's got no miles on it at all. But then I started looking it up, and I'm finding other bikes on like Facebook Marketplace that are like 2012, 2015, 2017 bikes are for sale. But wait, what? They're still around? Right. So I started doing research. <clears throat> there, there's a website. You can, uh, and you can go and find a dealer near you. Before we go on, I just want <clears throat> to... I'm going to say it once, and then I'm not going to hold anyone to this. The proper pronunciation that I found was Hyosung. 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 We're not going to try and carry that forward. It's very hard. In here in the States, everyone calls it Hyosung, but Hyosung is how they said it. So, um, yeah, I, I found... I stand corrected. <clears throat> Good to know. Hyosung. Hyosung. You draw it's like three squares, a slash slash square, a plus and a zero. So the weird thing is when I went to look at their website. So his song's website um, is now it's you have to go to CR Motors. CR Motors. <clears throat> but then the when you click on the Hyosung, it's gmotorusa.com. I'm like, <clears throat> none of this makes any sense. It sounds to me like maybe it's been bought up by more and more companies, you know, and it just keeps going up the line to a different parent company. But they even have a bagel. They have a, a scooter I was even looking at that's pretty nice. Now, okay. The thing about the, the <laughs> well, I didn't know if you've seen them out in the wild because, like I said, I don't see these out in the wild very often. Not really. I mean, that my your experience with Taosung has been largely mine. Like I remember when they first brought bikes in, like you mentioned that SV650 lookalike. I think it was around 2008. I saw it at you know some motorcycle show, and I saw one or two on the street, you know, before like in San Francisco, but that was about <clears> it. Yeah, not not much of it. Um, the thing that's interesting that they do is they only make 250s and 650s. But then they make different models of bikes that they use those same engines in. So they're keeping it low hmm. cost. Um, and like here on this website, it only goes up to the 2014 models. It's very confusing. So, so do you know as manufacturers, is it just bikes or do they do like heavy equipment also? You know, like a lot of the other Japanese, um, like Japanese bike manufacturers. Like, can you get an excavator from them? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, not from Hyosung. Okay. So they just do. But uh, maybe CR Motors or maybe G Motor yeah. USA. I don't know. <laughs> Oftentimes you'll find it's the, it's the same company, the same parent company, whatever they're called. And for whatever reason, they call the motorcycles Hyosung mm -hmm. and tractors this. and Okay. Know. But they're not owned by like Mitsubishi or something like no. that. No. But I will tell you something about it which surprised me. It had real Mikuni carburetors on it. Ooh. Yeah. Which really surprised me 
because I was expecting. I mean, I have seen some blatant ripoffs. Just some, in my just time. some knockoff thing. Oh, I have, I have <clears throat> seen carburetors with Mikini on the side. Ah! And like, oh my I was god! Say, this is blatant. There was a key in the world, but right? these were genuine Mikuni carburetors made in Japan. And I mean, this is this bike's got no miles on it, so it's obvious mm. it came with them from the factory. So if you go, if you guys want to pull out your phone and go to gmotorusa.com, and I clicked on products and you can see the bikes and there's this bike that is the st7 deluxe cruiser this isn't a great picture yeah but it's a good looking bike was it g motor what now g motor usa.com right that s and then click on uh, any prices <clears throat> let me see like um so this like this i mean emma what bike would you say that looks most like oh it looks i mean it could be any of them it could be Bring a vulcan it could be a shadow yeah, yeah 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 it's got that it's got that look about it uh it says this is a nine thousand uh, dollar cruiser now again it, it's called the that ain't cheap for a cruiser nine thousand no brand new that ain't cheap well, hey, Liz, i'm not I I'm not finding that website. It, I can't get to it either. Uh, it's, oh, it's loading, sorry. It's loading sorry. spyware right now. HyosungMotorUSA.com. Okay, well, I can't quite. Was it you spelled that with a? With I, an I R? just saw the G at the end. Okay. H y o s u n g MotorUSA.com. Um, I'm like kind of baffled. Like these bikes have been around. I'm a what, like twenty years now? <clears throat> oh yeah, easy. And they're not Chinese. They're Korean. Emma, what is your assessment? Did you guys find Hyosung Motor USA? I also found KRM America, which is also yes, Hyosung yes. Motor yes, USA. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Right. They're all the same. So, um, what is your is this a good bike? So, from uh, a mechanical standpoint, yeah, it was certainly wasn't built to Japanese quality. But that's you know, <clears throat> we've gotten so insulated about quality these days because i mean the japanese products are so amazing in terms of how they build them and that's really the benchmark for everyone i mean i should point out my best friend's royal enfield isn't built to japanese standard it's built to a very good standard so um from a mechanical standpoint the fasteners were a bit worrying because nothing was particularly hard. So you had to be very, very careful with fasteners that used. You talked them very, very carefully because all the Allens, you know, the middles had come out of them. And I tried to replace as many as I could. And there's, there's a lot of self-tapping screws holding the body panels on. This thing had a lot of body panels and a lot of plastic chrome stuff on it. Um, but it went together pretty well. Um, from a riding standpoint, the only comparison I guess I had would be an SV650 because it's a 650, mm -hmm. it's a V-twin, it's got four cams. Um, what, 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 what kind of brakes and that kind of stuff? Well, yeah, theoretically, kind of well, and this, I'm going to come to this, so yeah. it had upside down forks, 41 millimeter, yeah. um, floating discs, front and rear. Were they Brimbo or, or Schmimbo? Mm. Well, exactly. <clears throat> and so <laughs> riding this thing, it didn't have as much power as a Japanese bike. It didn't have as much um, 
finesse civility as a japanese bike you know the engine made more noise it vibrated a little more it's down on power the brakes weren't great and the handling wasn't great um so it's kind of a close but i'm not going to say close but no cigar because <coughs> i feel there's a place for it you know i talked extensively to the owner about when he bought this bike new and he said look i simply could not afford a new Japanese bike. And he said, I looked around and there, there just weren't any used alternatives. Can I just point something out? Yeah. <clears throat> it's copying a V-Rod. So for somebody who can't afford the big American cruiser, they would get a Japanese cruiser. And for the person who can't afford the oh Japanese gosh. cruiser, yeah. they will get the right. Korean or Chinese cruiser. It's like and, stone soup all <laughs> yeah, of a sudden. Exactly. And I have to say... <laughs> When you, I mean, when you ride this thing around, I mean, it's just completely mm. laden with chrome. It had more chrome on it than any production bike I think I've ever seen. But, like, okay, how's the chrome? Because I know you know chrome. It actually wasn't bad. Really? But again, it's, it's, it's funny. I have got two Harley Davidsons in the shop right now, both with no miles on them and both with the most wretched chrome you've ever seen because both have been kind of stored... Not particularly well. Monterey bikes? Yes. Um, really scabby, the pair of them. And the one was an incredibly high-dollar build back when it was made. And the chrome has fallen off them. This one, he must have stored very, very carefully because the chrome was perfect. And it was a good-looking bike. I mean, it's got a lot of chrome. It's, you know, in in its own kind of way. I mean, it was kind of... Um, a little blingy for my taste, but it was a good-looking bike, and it was a beautiful shade of blue. Um, and the paint appeared okay. I sent it. you a picture of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's. A, I mean, it's a thing. But he oh, bought okay. it because the <clears throat> price at the time was less than he would pay for an unknown quantity for um, a used Japanese one. What did yeah. he pay, do you know? <clears throat> oh, we didn't talk about that. <clears throat> Let me ask you guys this. Craig, do you... Th- what do you think of the aesthetics of this bike? I can't say I'm in love with it. That engine case design is that V90, <clears throat> and it was a, it the was, case design looks it, it was busy. busy. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, that's busy. a great way of describing the bike. It it, the, the overall bike is very busy. busy. The front end is kicked out, but it's got sport bike rubber sizes on it. So it's mm-hmm. got a 120 on the front and a 180 <clears throat> on the rear with radials. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's definitely got a sort of burlyish look to it. Yeah, and the external frame with the um, I want to see that frame want to see does have a sexy a, line, though. Is it a I chain drive or a shaft drive? Belt. Belt drive. Mm-hmm. Belt. It looks like it should have a uh, Macho Man Randy Savage paint job on it. Ah, yeah, exactly. Like 1991 so, Suzuki I mean, it's, there's nothing, there was nothing subtle about it at no. all. Yeah. You know, um, even just even the 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 mm. mount holding the so, front fender so on is, is this all guy is this guy uh, right. back down the road having no a good he's time? back down the road he's loving so his bike life's best, good for it best bike ever for that guy yeah exactly and oh. he's happy and it's the that's the important thing is that where the license plate is supposed to go no it apparently okay. when he um, oh, when the sorry. bike was new it had this ugly black plastic sort of undertale thing that held the license plate and the turn signals. So we made that up. Sorry, Bagel, I'll send it to you. I forgot to send it on. Okay. It's coming to you now. Just so you can see what we're talking about. Um, but you should send, 
But but I mean, at the end of the day, aren't you better off trying to scrape the money together to get a decent used Japanese bike that you know you're going to be able to repair, you know you're going to be able to find parts for? Well, but well hindsight, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And I yeah. think no, true. his decision at the time was yeah. based on a lot of factors, was the amount of money he had in his pocket, yeah. the availability of this particular <clears throat> bike and how it looked. I'm not judging that dude. I'm just saying moving forward, like as we talk about the Chinese bikes mm-hmm. and other kind of odd bikes, at the end of the day, you know, I think so much of motorcycling seems to revolve I, around being able to fix your stuff. 10 years later. If you want to talk about the decision process in buying a Chinese bike, or, I would or Korean. Talk, or Korean <clears throat> I would talk to the person who's just bought 22 of them. Oh, that's true. Oh, yes. <laughs> Who would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well done. <laughs> Sitting in the room here. It's a great segue. Yes, yes. We just bought 22 Lifons. Lef- you say it Kate- like it's French. Lifon. <laughs> Yeah. KP Master 200s. I wasn't sold at first. And then. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, tell them what for. It's a KP Master 200. Beta 200. Isn't that kitchen duty? KP kitchen duty? I know. KP, so you're using Google these for your KP two hundred training, okay. right? That's correct. We bought them to be abused oh. and have very, very hard yeah. lives. Main, so they're I'm, for the. I'm going to look these beasts up. Now. Hey, Liza, we we may need a little context for uh for that this story. Oh, apparently you can order them on Amazon. You can. Ooh. It could be here tomorrow. Yeah, they got them on Amazon for oh, look let's at say, that. Uh, twenty seven hundred dollars. What a cool looking little bike. We got yeah. the black ones. So a little 200cc. <clears throat> so injected. Six, six, six speed. So here's six. kind of the question I wanted to bring up. Oh, that's a cutie. Yeah. Since, um, yeah, Craig, you have experience with some of these bikes. And Emma, you're actually working on a, on a Hyosung. Um, we just, <laughs> in general, have said <clears throat> stay away for so many reasons. One being... Can't get people to work on it too. The reliability. I looked up. Uh, I was looking up reviews on YouTube of uh, the higher songs, and I found a guy, a mechanic, who said that he's only experienced eight in his life as a professional mechanic, and they all came in with like dramatic engine problems under a thousand miles. Like he he thinks that they're just pi- like just piles of shit. That's what he thinks. Yeah. Um. But I have to wonder, too, after, you know, like 20 years, almost 15 years, have they gotten better? But if so, then why haven't we heard of them? Why don't we see them out in the wild? Who's buying these things? Craig. <laughs> He's got them all. Yeah. No, I think I think that perhaps that's, that's your role, Craig, is to buy well, all that's of them. true. Well, the, to be honest, I cannot give an accurate assessment yet. I wasn't sold at first, but then I saw several other schools running for multiple years with very little problems. So that's when we decided, because we're slowly transitioning our entire fleet for all four schools to fuel injection slowly. Right. But it's a long, arduous process. And unless money starts raining from the sky, then we'd be able to do it a little quicker. But uh, so we just released them last week was the very first week we ran it in the school. So not all 22 are even fully put together yet. I think we have 
more than half done and last week was the very first release of the bike and um because pacific motorcycle training did actually reach out to mototown and suggest that some were delivered in crates to mototown and perhaps the mototown mechanic (laughs) could put them together (coughs) you were blown the proverbial raspberry (laughs) 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 i wanted to drop multiple crates in at uh, emma's shop this is true this is not a lie Yes, and out of um, an AC one thirty, they would just parachute in over yeah, Monterey Bay. I think they actually just chuck them off the back of a truck. They don't even lower them. I think they just throw them to you. No, I was envisaging a plane flying <laughs> exactly. over with Chinese Air Force <laughs> markings and these things just raining down from heaven. But it's a, it's a, it's always a problem. Um, and I had I had more real estate. I would have been happy to do it, yeah, but I was able sure, to sure. pull the real estate card and said, where the bloody hell am I going to put these <laughs> it's things? It's true. It's true. She did say well, that. Yeah. In Craig's defense, though, the Leaf fan, they've been making motors yes. for a long time. Yes. That was also And they why make motors for big companies. So they make motor, like other kinds of like remember industry, my, industry Remember stuff? my little um, XL70? I put that Leaf mm-hmm. fan oh, yeah. uh, yes. 150 in it. Okay. What, what it's described as the company is a high-end Chinese motorcycle manufacturer. Now, what yeah. high, high-end Chinese, of course, that's not going to be, you know, high-end European or even Japanese. But it, it's, in my opinion, it's gotten where they're almost caught up to the Japanese. Not, they're, they're not well, quite, but <clears throat> definitely more than 20 years ago, which is why we bought 22 of them, because the, we didn't want 22 piles of shit. And I think here we are in 2022. And I think largely the only thing holding back better quality Chinese bikes is the actual market itself. Because I I vividly remember talking with somebody who was setting up manufacturing in China. They said, look, China will make whatever you want. If you want a Rolls Royce quality motorcycle, they will build it for you. But there has to be a market there. And at some stage, because of the past i don't think people are ready to pay japanese bike money for chinese bikes yet when that time comes i think we'll see bikes that are equal in quality or perhaps to a certain extent even better but i mean the idea of, of buying a chinese bike with ducati money is just so alien but i'm sure china has the capability to build a Ducati quality well, they, they bike. Landed a, they landed a rocket on the dark side of the moon, so they can do whatever they really need to. But Emma, I think you're <clears throat> hitting the nail on the head when you're talking about money. Because we often compare these Chinese bikes, these Korean bikes, whatever, to our Japanese bikes or American bikes. <clears throat> They're not in the same category as, at all, and they were never intended to be. And John, if we take the uh, Atlas Honda Mm-hmm. CB150Fs that we rode in <clears throat> Pakistan as right. an example. So those bikes, I think retail American about was it? It's a couple grand, maybe or it might be eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, something like that. Something like eighteen hundred dollars for a brand new 150cc bike. By our standards here in America, it's a shit bike. We but aren't they getting? All they're getting parts <clears throat> from Jap- Japan though. Uh, no, well, some, right. but most of it is made there. It's mm. it's just the engineering. But my point is, here, 
<clears throat> we would be shitting on that bike and saying it's a piece of shit. No one will work right. on it. It's not going to last. Thing. But over in Pakistan, it's the best bike you can buy because that is the most it's money a a bike too. anyone is going to spend on a bike. Right. There isn't a market for five to ten thousand dollar bikes. Exactly. It doesn't exist. So they can only build bikes that are, you know, six to eighteen hundred dollars because that's the market. So they can only build it as good as the money that and, and the magic will spend. word. The magic word is Honda. Right. Yeah. Well, the licensing is there. So. Well, that no, it's, but it's the build quality. It's right. going to be a cheap bike, but the build. It's not going to be a Chinese cheap bike. It's right. a Honda cheap well, but bike. But we've snapped forks. And, I'm just saying. You know, why don't I you mean, ride a yeah. ride a Chinese bike around? But Pakistan they still. For it's like days, you know how that works out. So, but what I'm saying is, they're building a bike for the amount of money that people spend. You get right. what you pay for. So if we look at these Benellis, these Hyosungs, these Leafons, they are building bikes for a market that doesn't really exist here because most people can you know can get a bike at the five to ten thousand right. dollar range and get a decent japanese bike new or used in that range but here in the, here in the u.s we don't really have the people looking for a brand new bike that's going to be a, a good commuter for fifteen hundred dollars like you do in these countries where well, they're making these bikes. well it's a two-headed so. it's a two-headed serpent because you talk the money part but there's also the perception i don't think right, here exactly. in america well, so right. even if someone is presented with a korean or chinese mm-hmm. bike that is higher spec and is ultra luxury or higher end i think still somewhere in the back of our head we just haven't quite gotten over that ingrained perception about some of those Asian manufacturers other than Japan. It's just a matter of time, though. I mean, because right, I remember I back so. the conversation was about Japanese cars back in the day. Well, I think the same was, thing. If we circle around with Craig in 18 months, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. find a pretty good yeah, idea. For sure. But what, I, what yeah. I'm saying is I don't think we should be comparing them. It's a different class is my point. What's the price of the ones you bought compared to like a Suzuki or, or a Japanese bike? Oh, it's probably half the price, isn't it, Craig? Yeah, you can get them on Amazon for what you find twenty six, yeah. three thousand out the door with tax. And that's my point. You get what you pay for. So, so I was just checking out their website, and I thought, and this is one of these companies you root for, like yeah, you know, affordable stuff. So you can get a dirt bike, brand new two fifty. It appears to be, you know. Almost race ready mm-hmm. for under four thousand dollars. It's decent. When what's cool about it is on their little website, it looked like I didn't go deep, but like you can choose. I want these hand guards. I want this little this and that and the other thing. And I mean that would be pretty cool for all right, you so, know, for for thirty nine hundred bucks to get a new dirt bike. That yeah, you're not gonna you know go crazy. But for but, me, it, it goes back to somebody gonna be able to work on it if, right. if I need to. But it's it's the dealer company, network isn't there yet. Well, you root for it, right? Yeah. But but what's that market now? I don't really understand what that market you now know, is. Funnily enough, going back probably six years um, to when I first started at Monterey Peninsula, um, we had a um, guy come in with a rear wheel for a Zhong Shen. Oh, yeah. And, um, of course, you know, the service manager says, no, we're not going to work on that. I say, oh, come on, man. He just wants a tube putting in. Let's put a tube in this thing. So I put a tube in it and say, hey, bring the bike down so we can have a look at it. So he brings this thing down. And it was right when Kawasaki just brought out the Versus 300s. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. And I tell you what, this was a far better looking bike. Mm. It was a far more purposeful, but it was obviously it wasn't built as nicely. But you can say, and I mean the price, it was just ridiculously cheap. Um, but I wonder how long it lasted because 
you started the engine up, and you could tell, yeah, there's stuff moving around in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it didn't have the the finesse. We have gotten the tight tolerance so used to this incredibly high bar that Japan has been set. Well, you know what? Recently, you know, so I got that GSXS, you know, the the Jixer yes. bike. So being able, so with no miles on it, so to be going for on a Jixer motor from no miles to I've got, I don't know. Like 3,000 miles on it now. It's a revelation, isn't oh, it? I, I don't know how tight the tolerances are out of the manufacturing, but they're super tight. I mean, you can just feel it as it breaks in more and more. But I think, yeah, the tolerances in Japanese high-end manufacturing, it's hard to, you know. It, and Yeah, I mean, it's everything. It's manufacturing. Um, I can't remember. I just saw an entry-level car the other day, a Honda Fit, mm. and the door gaps... You, it's like credit card size, the door gaps. You know, they're better than they were on a Rolls-Royce from about mm-hmm. 10 years ago. It's amazing how just the accuracy that Japan has been making these things now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the bar that really has been set in all of manufacturing. But as John said, how long ago was that? You know, made yeah. in Japan meant crapo quality. Yeah. Well, that long ago. let me yeah. ask you this. Uh, so I'll ask you, Jim. So you sent me the link to this KPX 250. It's a Venom yeah. Chinese dual sport uh, 250cc that is 3,200 brand new. So how would you say function-wise this would compare to a Honda Grom? They're, well, they're totally different. That's like a dirt bike, and the other one's a Honda Grom, But right? function-wise... This can do a lot more than a Honda Grom. Oh, right? yeah, way more. That's Grom right. money, is so, what you're saying, right? I mean, this, is, this is less yeah. than a Grom. So, Emma, You can let go me ask camping you, through the Black Hills on that. This and a Honda Grom, which one will, st- will be around in 20 years? Oh, gosh. Well, now, that's an interesting question. I'm just, I'm just saying, right? We, we would assume a Grom may, may be around 20 I, years. I, I was going to say I wouldn't put my money on a Grom being around in mm, 20 okay. years. I, I just based upon all the trails. But you know what? You know? The monkey bike will be. Yeah. Well, that's a huge. Wait a minute. But there is a huge difference between a monkey, cheeky monkey bike, <laughs> and um, a Grom. And a monkey oh, yeah. is made in Japan, and a Grom is made in China. Yeah. Um, and yes, it is made under the Honda umbrella, but dealerships. Modern multi-line dealerships are kept plenty busy in the workshop department doing warranty repairs, mostly for the bikes that are made outside Japan. Yeah. Honda included. <clears throat> okay. So, you know... The, yeah. well, and there's, there's interesting kind of... I don't know if flagship is the right word. that they Because it's everything from like a Nighthawk 250 to like all these other... But they're the certain yeah. things that they yeah. only make in Japan. And it kind of shows you where Honda's focus is. Well, I think price point is part of that, too. Right. True. It always gets down to money. So let me ask you this. So this is the whole conversation is because this has been on our radar. Bikes like CSC. Yes. CF Moto. Yes. Benelli. Yes. Hyusung. Right? They're, They're getting better. Some of them are better than others. They're getting closer and closer to that bar that Japan has set. But I still think all these bikes are you get what you pay for. And if you can only afford a $3,000 brand new bike, then you have an option. Right. So it's good because you have an option. Um, so my my question, since we're talking about the highest song, 
Would you recommend that somebody would buy a Hyosung, new or used? Or do you think they should stay away? What is our What warning label are you putting on it? Now in 2022? Mm-hmm. I think go for it. So if I was uh, on a used bike, 2017, 2012. I, I look, I've always been a huge advocate that in this giant soap opera that is motorcycling, everything has a place. And I think there is a place for it. And at the end of the day, I was presented with um, a gentleman who had an on running bike mm-hmm. and I fixed it for him. And now he's very, very happy. And as we're speaking right now, he's riding it around and he's the happiest guy in town. And really, isn't that what it's about? Yes. So let, let me ask then. Yes. Yes. Along the same line, if Jim was going to buy a new dirt bike and he had a choice between a eight-year-old CRF 250 or the one he just said, what would you tell him to do? Oh, I think eight years old? Yeah. I think I'd, I'd take I'd take a chance on the on the Chinese one. Well, really? well, you can't. You know, if you look at bike prices, at least out here, you can't get a great dual sport for under like use dual sport for what under four grand, right? Yes. I mean, if you want and a WR four hundred and fifty, or a, knowing how people abuse these things, yeah, yeah. I think it actually might be. Look, how many times have you heard me on this show saying there comes a point, and it's quicker than you think. When a motorcycle stops being a product of the manufacturer and starts being a product of the chimpanzee who's been working <laughs> yeah, on it, yeah, no, right. well, like uh, and not, that happens not, far quicker than you think. Like so. Knox, Knox new bike today. <laughs> 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 like Lucas's old Jixer. Sick with it. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, Lucas's old Jixer made a showing today. My God, that is quite something. That bike looked like they would get up and stab you. So here's one thing that. That Actually, I don't agree with that, Jim. I think that bike looks like it would be in a gutter with its clothes <laughs> disheveled and a shoe missing. <laughs> and a needle hanging out of its arm. <laughs> oh, no. One thing, I, one thing I will say, in defense of the, the highest song. Yes. I was watching a video from like 2017 AIM Expo where there, someone was interviewing the sales rep right. for, for them. One of the things he said Did he is, have a needle hanging out of his arm? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was between his toes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, um, so one of the things he said is <laughs> when he was asked about the quality and maintenance and will people work on it, he says, these are simple bikes. We right. build them simple, simple so that People can work on them. So right. that is something to consider. Maybe this yeah. is a good candidate for a bike that you don't, you're not going to take it to a shop. Maybe this is a good project bike. If you can get parts. If you, I mean, you don't want a project yep. bike, you want an easy to maintain bike. Right. Yeah, but I'm just So saying, let's, let's look at this beast that was mm-hmm. in the shop. I mean, it was, I can't remember, I think it was an 08. Very shiny. 08 yeah. 09. But it had carburetors. And, you know, the electronics on it were limited to just the one box that controlled the ignition. So, essentially, it was a very, very simple bike. And I stand by what I said. Comparing it to a Japanese bike, it was a lot more coarse, didn't make as much power, the brakes didn't work as well, the suspension didn't work as well. But, happy owner. Mm -hmm. Well, and and, and I'll say it's also perspective, right? Because I'll take counterpoint. I will say the three words to me are Japanese fuel injected, right? That's yeah. pretty much all the bikes I own now. And for me, it, it, it's um, kind of 
it's just my lifestyle, right? Like I commute to work every day, right? right? So I do 500 miles a week or something like that. Yes. On the Suzuki. And then like we go dirt biking and neither of those times do I want to have an issue with a bike. You know right. what I'm saying? And if I do have an issue, I want something I can fix and whatever. But so, so for me, I, so it depends on your riding, right? If, if it's something that you need a, a reliable thing most of the time, then you're good. I would say you're buying Japanese fuel injection. Right. If you're going to ride on the weekends and every now and then take a little tour, yeah, buy a Royal Enfield, buy a whatever. Yeah, but let, let's. But if get, you're going to be in the middle of fucking nowhere, right. you do not want to be on a South Korean, a Korean you know, thing for three grand. And yeah. you think go back a generation? You know, you go down to Mojave, so go back a generation when the guys were riding the BSAs and the Triumphs back there. And you'd have a pocket full of jets because if you go up in altitude, right. now you're going to have to start leaning it out. You're carrying spare parts around as well. You stall it on an incline. You're jumping up and down on the kickstart. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're riding serious dirt now, mm -hmm. fuel injection and electric start, oh, my God, is where it's And at. here's the other thing you can't ignore. It's history, <clears throat> right? You look at, at Yamaha. You look at Honda. You look at these. They've been racing, you know, for a long, long time. You can't the experience. You can't you can't make that up overnight by by diagrams. Except it's for like, reverse engineering. But even still, you know, China reverses you know our stuff every day. I guarantee you put you put an American fighter pilot in, in an American plane. No one's going to outfight or fly them because we have this rich history of learning from experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think Honda, Yamaha, KTM, of course, those bikes, Husqvarna, they have a they you know how long have they been around? You learn a lot. Just you know, through that that experience, I guess I'm trying to say. Um, so you can't discount that either. Mm -hmm. But that's also why you pay more. Uh, I have to say that when you said racing, I was like racing. They have a racing link, and I you saw can that. go, and they have people who are racing these bikes. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, ATV freestyle and and motor and track racing. But it's funny if you I'm try like to click interested. on that, it doesn't click yeah, to anything. Aspirational at this point. Racing. <laughs> That's someone's cousin out at Thunder Hill in the B group. That's Photoshop. I, I, wanted to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention that in England um, where there's the tiered licensing where you start yeah. off on a 125 and work your way up. And um, People, um, you know, money may be a little bit tighter as well. There is a huge market, particularly among smaller bikes for the Chinese and the Korean stuff. Huge yeah. market. Well, you can ride across the whole island in like five hours. Right. Well, I, I just wanted to just bring up the point that traditionally in the past, I've always said, like many people have who are wise, say, stay away from Chinese, or in this case, a Korean bikes. Stay away. And my experience with the people who had Hyosungs that had engine failure under a 1,000 miles, back that up. But now I'm realizing that they, they, they meet a purpose. We don't really have that purpose that much here in the U.S. It exists in other countries, but there are, I have to imagine there are people in this country who do can only afford a budget bike and maybe they would rather spend that 3000 on a brand new bike than a 10 year old uh, Japanese bike. Cause and it, to be able to afford a new bike is kind of a big deal. I'm just saying, I, I would like to know if there's any listeners out there who have experience with Hyosungs because we just don't see them very often. I'm surprised that they are mm -hmm. around and have been around right. almost 20 years and we just don't see them. And what concerned me a little bit, 
about what happened today. It's just how anaesthetized we've come to the prices of bikes. That zero showed up. It's mm. like, yeah, what's the price point on this zero? And he's like, oh, about 22000 Oh, bargain. That was a $22,000 bike. That was a $22,000 bike. It should have come with a Stormtrooper <clears throat> outfit. Yeah, but 22000 wow. bucks, And we're like, oh, yeah, that sounds all right. And I mean, that's that's how anesthetized we've come to how expensive bikes have come. I wonder if Chinese bikes are going to actually save us. And in fact, you know, as as the Japanese bikes move more into being electric, the the petrol bikes may be the Chinese bikes in the future. Well, I mean, they may save us for a number of reasons. Yeah. I mean, the the Chinese manufacturers, by sort of dodging under a lot of the emissions laws, right. may be the last new gasoline-powered yep. bikes we buy. Yep. But they may be a way of getting newer riders, you know, into the fold. Sure. Because the, we've all been preaching. How long have we been preaching now for 10 years? We need younger riders. Well, that's all well and good if they can afford to buy these bloody things. Right. Um, well, all right, who didn't mute their phone? Uh, probably me. So... That is a message I sent each of you. Well, no, no, of, that was your message that made me go bing bong. Yeah, well, you should have muted your AliExpress? phone. Okay, is this AliExpress? Okay, hold on. Oh God. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out. Because this is tying these two things in. We are just talking about Chinese bikes. Are they shit or not? It's so like a cheap one, And then right? we were just talking about the brand new Zero. The is a DSXR? Well, I found on AliExpress a electric, large, large electric sport touring bike that's a 20 kilowatt battery so just to give an example the largest energica is 22 and that the lar the largest um zero i think is 18 the one that was here today was a 15.6 so a 20 kilowatt battery oh, dear god <laughs> for reference my car is a 24 kilowatt yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a little pricey though things a monster we've heard you know energy and zero came mm -hmm. out with their big touring adventure bikes everyone's talking about you know, these announcing these big adventure bikes this is a, a one you could buy on aliexpress right now oh i don't know why we haven't heard of it emma how come what, what happens when this thing kind of <laughs> fucking starts to melt what happens i don't what, what happens between your legs call, you call a dump truck when this starts to arc so one thing is bagel can you read the name of this brand it looks like it's Rariro. <laughs> say, that, say that again. Rariro. Just, just that for, rolls just, off the tongue. Just so you know, Knock <laughs> pronounced it today the exact same way. You, you and Knock did it the exact same pronunciation. Rariro. That is exactly wow. how Scooby-Doo would say. Rariro. <laughs> so, um, but the brand is by Zwimi. Um, <laughs> And it's maximum speed, yeah, eighty kilometers no, an hour. No, no, no. Up to uh, more than eighty. No, more than no. But Up it, to max speed one hundred and forty-five kilometers an hour. Okay. Yeah. When you go into the specs now, Bagel, yeah, yeah. you're a big e e vehicle dude. Mm. What do you think about this vehicle? This is. I mean, it almost looks like a Kawasaki Concourse, maybe? It's, it's that, that was my thought. Yeah, it looks it, like a Concourse. Yeah. Very Concourse-like. I, mean, I think it's a good-looking bike. What do you guys think? Uh, well, I mean, it's a big... If you like a Concourse. If that's your bike, flavor, it's a good-looking bike, if, yeah. If you like big, beefy bikes, sure. It's a, um, it's a big sport touring with side cases. I mean, my, my concern is what 
kind of battery is in it nope. and and how safe is it <laughs> because that's a really big question now what we haven't said bikes. yet is a price so you mentioned that that zero is like a twenty two thousand dollar bike so uh this bike on aliexpress which is known for being good deals um they're hmm. asking thirty three thousand plus five thousand dollars in shipping no way right <laughs> So, but but Liza, there is a discount for three dollars off U.S. <laughs> orders over four dollars. <laughs> yes, but are we up into live wire pricing here? That's above that. So, mm, right? No, this is live wire pricing. So, I am reading. I'm, I don't have a great deal of faith in this, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. So, I'm reading um, LCD plus mechanical combination instrument is intuitive and clear. LCD display of electric quantity, gear and mileage at a glance practical, but not flashy, simple, but not simple. <laughs> Wait, I was just about to read the next page. And then that leads us to patent LED lamp beads of the whole vehicle. The chip adopts silicon substrate packaging technology, won the first prize of National Science and Technology Award. Cool, <laughs> blimey! You got some wow. LED beads, uh, LED prize. beads, don't you, Emma? How did you see their their tagline <laughs> my, at the top? My LED love beads, <laughs> <Your> love beads. <laughs> their, their, now, their, as they their say. motto at the top says, "Let some people share high end products of police quality." <laughs> <laughs> so we're we gonna order, order order three of them and race or what? Well, the question is, who There's has a, the forty grand to try it out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, did, I did you notice the ergonomic cushion design? Yes, yes, I know. Anyway, yes. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm, if I'm there trusting this yet at thirty three thousand yeah, dollars. Well, I'll maybe, roll, I'll roll three grand, but not forty grand. Uh, yeah. So maybe Oof. they're not all there yet. I want to see a Rariro out in the world. <laughs> Rope Ray. Scooby Snack. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to share. So, you know, last week we discovered something that I don't know how we didn't know existed before the Benelli Dong. <laughs> <laughs> I showed you the picture, Craig. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's a, somebody's got to buy one of those. Speaking of design awards, <laughs> why, why has Liza not bought the one? The dong should have cleaned house at those design awards. They're marketing it by just sending te text pictures of it to people randomly. In, in I wonder who modeled for it. <laughs> in the in the same category, I'm I'm calling this segment. How did we not know about this? Yes. There's another thing I discovered. I don't know how we didn't know about this. So remember back in the day, the girl was, equivalent. There was a big hit on on MTV. Many of us watched. Emma, did you ever watch Pimp My Ride? Yes, huh. it was a pretty good show, right? It was. It was of the time. It was interesting. It was of the time. It was interesting. I remember the shirt lifting the shirt at the end. Uh, you know, yeah. you've been filmed. Yeah, that, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, you know, it was so successful. In fact, there were spinoffs around the world. And there was a spinoff in Italy that I just discovered that, I kid you not, this exists. It was a TV show, MTV, called Pimp My Wheels, where they pimp people's scooters. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In fact. Well, and, and cars, too, I think. Yeah, well. and cars, too. But, uh, 
Yeah, they did also. Yeah, but pimp my wheels. They take people's Vespas and and mopeds and pimp them out. And it's a real TV show. In fact, Bagel, I had you uh, check it out. What did you think? So overall, I I thought this was kind of fun. Um, it, it was it, it was you know a little cheesy at times, as you know is is appropriate for the show. But but in the end, they they did kind of come up with a, a kick ass end result that I, I she she was very happy with it. It seemed like on the show. Yeah, on YouTube you can look at Pimp, Pimp My Wheels Italy, yeah. and and you can see a version of the show. Okay, there were other ones. Look at this moped that has like um, exhaust pipes going up the back, and oh, a it's very megaphone cool. on the front. Yeah. Like I don't know what's going on. I wonder there. if that one in Korea, <clears throat> Pimp My. Oh my god, pimp my dong. That needs to happen. <laughs> we need to get a Benelli dong and pimp it here in the We garage. need to do that. Yeah. Well, if you want, we can go up to San Francisco on Sunday, and I know this brunch. Um, you can see all sorts of pimp dongs. <laughs> that would be un- unbelievable. They even did, look at Pimp My Ride. They did an ape. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. I, that's the. Uh, that's the Zsa Zsa Gabor style. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, I just, it, it's just, you know, you go down a rabbit hole sometimes. And I was just, it was another thing I said, how did I not know about this? Well, now we do. <laughs> Pimp my wheels. Maybe we need to do that at the garage. Ooh, ideas, mm. ideas, ideas. Mm. Oh, that's a good idea. Hmm. Well, um, yeah. I would like to know from people if they're thick. Things that we need to know that we didn't know. The Benelli Dong, Pimp My Wheels. What else is out there that we haven't discovered? Here's one I'll share. It's not as exciting. And yeah. I mentioned it to Craig today. I'm following this guy on uh, Instagram and YouTube. It's called like Dirt Biker TV. And it's oh. this guy down in the desert. I want to say Utah. And he just spends a lot of time working on dirt bikes uh, as a career. Friend? No. So it's a mechanic guy. And he's been doing it for a long time. But there's a lot of really simple tricks on on how to do simple things like changing tires and right but uh if you're looking for something i just discovered like a couple of months ago and it's been super informative and the bonus is if you like to weld or fabricate or learn he makes a really bitchin simple tire changing stand for dirt bike tires and he will send you the directions on how to weld it up so he's got these things all over the world like some dude in netherland email oh i have to do is email him and he'll send you the directions for free and then it shows you how to weld up and fabricate your own tire changing stand. So it's like Dirt Biker TV or Dirt Biker TV one on YouTube. But oh, lots cool. of if you like dirt bikes and you like to work on your own dirt bikes, it I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but it's another interesting source well, to draw. Well, and upon. again, I love it it just dovetails into what I said. There's something for everyone here. Yeah. Um and I know, I mean I as you found out, Jim, I have got a very unique way of doing tires. And it's often imitated and unfortunately usually ends badly. Like a monkey humping a doorknob. That's yeah. what it's like. No, watching you change a tire, it's awesome because it happens in the blink of an eye. And I know you do it rarely because you're you're you don't like to always change tires. Yes. But when you do change a tire by hand, it it's a lesson that you can't learn anywhere else. Yeah. Changing tires, that's bread and butter stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, send us uh, links. Let us know what's cool. Oh, um, I'll tell you another one. Heated vests. Yeah. We've been talking lately. Heated gear. Anyway, you know, there's know a bunch that. of heated gear that got donated. That's really? out in the garage. 
Hmm. Yeah, you guys need heated nice. gear? Because mm. we don't use heated gear that much. Somebody I just discovered it the other day. Oh, my God. Life-changing. <laughs> oh, God. I can only imagine. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're... Because it's dropped down to 56 degrees. Oh, it's fucking yeah. dark at night when I'm riding to work in the morning. <laughs> or dark in the morning, whatever. <laughs> I, w- I was going to say, Jim, I mean, it's, you've, you've got a bike that could easily support... Powering heated gear. Oh. So well, you know, I went with the uh, rechargeable variety. Oh, okay. Yes, just to keep it simple and. Oh, well, you have heated grips and everything on that, right? No. Oh, you don't. No. No. Mm. No. None no, of no, no. Those things are glorious. Yeah, another well, good one. Before we go to the next segment, Emma, I want you to give a plug to our dear friends at Mimi and Moto. Yeah, I want to give a plug to a couple of very, very dear friends of mine, Nancy and Mark. And, and if you have. Children in your lives, pay attention. Exactly. Say, put them in the other room. (laughs) (laughs) Mimi and Moto, lovable, the lovable motorcycling monkeys. The holidays and Christmas are approaching. It's time to start thinking about getting some presents for all the children or the young at heart in your life. Our friends Nancy and Mark, creators of Mimi and Moto, want you to join their mission to get more children excited about motorcycles. Go visit www.mimiandmoto.com. That is M-I-M-I-A-N-D-M-O-T-O.com where you can purchase the couple's motorcycle books, The Adventures of Mimi and Moto, and Mimi and Moto Ride the Alphabet, along with T-shirts, onesies, ornaments, and plushies. Stay tuned as Nancy and Mark are working on a new chapter book called Mimi and Moto's Magical Meteors First Gear, which will be released in the first part of 2023. So remember, visit www.mimiandmoto.com today and get some Christmas shopping done that will help create future motorcycle riders. And you know what? If you don't, I will come round and fight you. <laughs> I will beat you with a shoe. I will. I will fight you. No, um, Nancy and Mark are just neat people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came up with this great creation. My granddaughter absolutely loves it. Um, and there's super books for kids. There's super books if you love motorbikes. Super books if you like monkeys. Because they are. They're cheeky monkeys. They really are. Um, <coughs> so buy one. It's it's a cheap way to make your kid happy, and that ain't bad. Yeah, there's a good good time to be buying gifts right now. Is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, <clears throat> um, John. Yes, John. You uh, you hit me up the other day. You said, "Have you been checking out all the new bikes they've been uh, revealing on Eichma?" <clears throat> yeah, like, yeah. Some of them been coming through, and you know, I actually thought, you know, some of them you're like, "Oh, that's interesting," and then some of them you're like, "Do we really need that?" I don't know. So I asked John to put together, uh, to pick some out for him to present to us. And then, John, you want to yeah. explain how we're, what we're going to do from... So we're going to do a simple vote here. It's either Stumpy, which means in the Stumpy in the way that Miss Stumpy thinks of Stumpy, like <laughs> super sexy, virile, you know, uh, great provider, incredibly good looking, smells wonderful. That kind of stuff. I'm already confused. <laughs> <laughs> or is it chumpy? Chumpy. Yeah. Is it is it a total chump? 
in a loser. So we're gonna vote. Like Stumpy she doesn't think of me that. Got it. Got it. So just think of Stumpy right here. I got the example right no, here. No, you are awesome, dude. I, I, yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> let me a couple caveats here. Number one, I don't know if these all these bikes are gonna make it into the U.S. They may or may not. Um, and uh, and some of them were there's a couple of them that were released in 2022 in very limited quantities and are coming out in 23. So okay. first one we're gonna talk about is the Royal Enfield Super Meteor 650. Ooh, supposedly wait. one of the highlights of ICMA this year and just some of the stats mm. 648 cc uh six speed gearbox 47 horsepower at 7200 rpms 38 foot pounds of torque uh wet clutch uh low seat height uh 16 19 um wheels and yeah so it's a bigger version of the smaller meteor they've come out with and supposedly it's a continental gt motor so it's a motor that's been around and uh, single cylinder engine. Uh, I, I want to nineteen pa- I want, inch front wheel. Yep. I want to pause real quick. I, I need to back up because you just made me remember something from the the electric bike on AliExpress. We're talking about one of the things that it says it has is a three stage six speed change. Does anyone know what that means? It's like a double clutch on a semi. <laughs> three stage six speed change gearbox. <laughs> like six speed six, six stage. <laughs> no, three-stage, six-speed change gearbox. It's got 18 gears. I don't know what it means. Blimey. I don't know. But because uh, when you what? said that this is a six-speed, 650cc, I was like, wait, oh, it's not a five. It's a six-speed. I'll tell you what. A single get up and go. That is a great-looking bike. Stump all the way. And it, it looks like so, if you're not familiar with the Meteor 350, it looks like a... Harley-ish. Mm, vintage cruise no it looks most like what's the triumph yeah the triumph cruiser. speedmaster the, the speed. triumph speedmaster is what it resembles no it looks great i like the lines i like the way it sits i like the color scheme um no that's that's stump all the way for I, me i'm gonna say that i still question the the meter 350 it's if it was really if we needed a 350 on the market I think this 650, though, it's got a cool vintage look without trying to look like a Harley. I think they should have come out with the 650 before the 350, so I'll go stumpy. Yeah, I don't have a price. they got to come out in India first before they're going to release them in the rest of the world, so okay. no price yet. What do you guys think? I'm stumpy all the way, and I am not a big cruiser guy, as you all know, but mm-hmm. that engine block is beautiful, the lines, the sweeping header pipes, and the top line of the tank just kind of flows with the seat. I'm going stumpy all, way, all the I way. I don't think that's a cruiser. I think that's a standard. <clears throat> yeah, no. it, remi- it, it reminds me of a, of a British standard Where Where motorcycle. are the foot pegs? They're made up. Oh, no, they're forward. It yeah, is a cruiser. It's, it's a cruiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see the rear brake pedal yeah. there. Yep. Good looking bike, though. Jim? Yeah, stumpy. Totally stumpy. I think John would look great on it, actually. But yeah, it, looks, it has kind of that British looking style engine on it. Do you and, like uh, it, there? Aesthetics. And I would say like yes, a, nice, Kelly. Yeah. a nice low seat height, probably, too. Yeah. Mm. I, I I like it. Stumpy. All right. All right. What's, what's I'd stump that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, Bagel. I don't know how to take that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Bagel will show you how to take it. Ooh. Here we have the 2023 Livewire S2 Del Mar. This was actually released last year. They did 100, 100 units, and they're going to bring it out to full production this year. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's uh, 80 horsepower claimed. It's zero to sixty in three point five miles in or three point five seconds, and it's uh, relatively light for an electric bike, four ninety four pounds, which is it's 
120 pounds less than the Livewire 1. It actually resembles like the Indian FDR. It Eight, does. 18 inch wheels. <clears throat> I don't have that, but yeah, I believe it looks so. like that. Yeah. And 19 inch cast. It looks very flat track. What's the, price, Ni- what's the price point? 19 inch. Very flat track. Um, I couldn't find a price point on this one either, but it was, uh, yeah. They didn't, it looks have, like they didn't have a list. It looks it. chain drive also, not belt. Oh. Or is oh, it? Yeah. I can't really. No, maybe it's belt. No, that's chain. Mm. Yeah, that is chain drive. <clears throat> well, that is chain. And then dual, dual front mm. brakes? Assuming. Uh, assuming, yeah. May not need it on electric. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think that is a belt. Yeah. I, oh God, I'm I'm uh, going like to go against the flow here. That's chump. It's it's overstyled and pretentious. Sorry. So I actually was going to say chump too. In that, I still think that any naked electric bike is stupid. They should be fairing. They should be, you know, efficient cutting through the the air. This is a. Uh, an electric bike that's styled like a flat tracker it's just well but we love the alta but, that but the alta was way more was capable. a dirt bike yeah it was capable uh, it wasn't really i mean this it, needs a coffee know, cup holder so you can i'm, really I'm gonna say depending upon the price but yeah. i'm gonna say no i think i'm gonna go i'm gonna go chumpy also it's it's cool looking but not for the price i know this is going to be and for the function i know that you're getting for that price point does that make sense mm-hmm Craig, I want to hate it, and my initial reaction was chumpy as well. But I can just envision throwing a dirt bike tire on that, yeah. And then I ripping around on that. Yep. I mean, I uh, I'm gonna have to go with a soft stumpy. A soft stump. Stumpy is not soft. There's nothing soggy. It's a soggy stump. It's a limpy stumpy. A limpy stump. Well, I can just see the potential in it. Yeah. Okay. I wonder zebra, like a death zebra. I wonder if they're gonna like this. Might be the future of flat tracking. Well, once they move away from gas, I'm kind of with Craig. I think it's it's kind of cool. I think if the if the front end suspension is cool on it and everything, but I think it's a it's a badass looking kind. Of, it's a Liza, you nail it. It's an FTR, is what it looks like, so, and I think the same diameter <clears throat> wheels and all that. I think it's a good looking bike. So I found that on the LiveWire.com site, uh, the, an S2 Delmar uh, starts at seventeen thousand. So I'm going to stick with, for $17,000, I don't want a little street Well, how much tracker. was that thing you were looking at on bingbang.com a second ago? <laughs> yeah, 40, 40 grand. 40 grand, so yeah. you're going to shit yeah, on Yeah, I'm just saying. It anyway, starts to, I'm, it's not my thing, but I, I think it's a cool-looking bike. It's a nice step in the right direction for I Harley. I think I'd be all over it if it was an $8,000 bike. And it would perform like the Alta. Mm, I'm just saying. Yeah. That's that's why I'm chumpy. Well, that probably has Alta DNA in it. It, it kind of looks like it, right? Does <laughs> yeah. It? yeah. If it's like, made by Livewire. <laughs> yeah, totally, has, right? Yeah, they, I guess so. They did yeah. consume it. Bagel, what did you say on this one? I, I would say, I mean, I'd really need to write it, but I'm inclined to say I, I'm I'm going to go stumpy on this one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because... I, I, I like, like the fact stump. that I like the fact that it's a lot lighter <laughs> than, a hard stump. than the original live wire. Yeah, definitely hard stump. <laughs> uh, it's it's lighter than the original live wire, so it's going to be even more fun to ride. Um, it looks like it's got a fairly aggressive riding position. I, I think this bike could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks like a hooligan bike to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, mm, next okay. one. This is a especially for bagel. This one. This is the 
Italjet Dragster 500 <laughs> GP. <laughs> Holy oh my. Christ. You are so getting that laid is... with that. <laughs> <laughs> that is... So here's a, it's an upgrade from the 125 and 200cc predecessors. I think it's going to actually come out next year, but they announced it at ICOMA this year. So it's, it's a dragster? That's what they What's call it. it. Okay. Uh, four stroke, uh, single cylinder, and let's see, what do we got here? We got 43 brake horsepower, six speed gearbox. Um, so a lot of power. Um, upside down forks, 230 so, millimeter front discs, ABS, Brembo calipers, 15 inch wheels, uh, 180 kilograms. Uh, right. Wow. So it's a manual transmission. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So, and who, still who manufactures it? Yeah. It's Italjet. Italjet. Wow. Italjet Dragster. 500. That thing could look be a so lot of fun. So I did find a price in the Philippines. It's 360,000, whatever they help. use, which is about $10. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's the engine size? 500. 500. Wow. So I am. Wow. Um, <laughs> that um, is death machine. <laughs> I can't find a price. So I, I'm going to say any Italijet dragster. I'm st- hard stuff. Yeah. Hard yeah. Stump. Stumpy, but at the end of the day, it's a scooter, so a death trap, so chump. Oh. Oh. oh, no. oh, oh that's <laughs> Craig. <laughs> Oh, you know you're stumpy. Uh, yeah, you Come I, on. It's got that Ducati trellis frame on a scooter. I'm going stumpy. And for the main reason that it's just so visual, goddamn visual. Yeah. shocking. Yeah. <laughs> right? Jim? I'll just leave it at um, it. It's a motosexual stumpy. It's yeah, like, yeah, I'll yeah. just. Yeah, I think I like I'll, looking can, at it more than I like riding it. Oh, you could do a lot of things with that. Yeah. yeah. That. Yeah. Right. I'll leave it at that. Bagel? Uh, I, I am definitely with uh, hard stump on this one. <laughs> and, and I would say to Extra all, hard. All, of those, all, all of those naysayers, uh, don't ribbed. knock it until you've ridden it. That's because right. 500 cc's in a, in a lightweight bike like this. <sighs> Holy crap, especially with the six six speed manual transmission. Yeah, I think it flies. It, it should have a drag yeah. bar off the back. Oh man, right? I want to take this thing around. Well, look track. at the fairing yeah, below. It's got the scoop fairing on the bottom and everything. I know. That's yeah. cool. Bagel Can you might, get you, might you get one? jets in the US? Uh, Bagel net. You know, oh. boy, the, that, the wheel, that is really, really tempting. Are those, the, the big, are the wheels are bigger than normal? 15, 15. 15. Instead of what, what's Ooh. normally on a scooter? 12s, right? 12. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it looks depends on the scooter, yeah. Yeah, that is a little big, but if, mm, if it's got a 500 like it cc, slicks. it's probably going to need them. Yeah, that's racetrack ready. Oh, mm. oh that would be fun to track. I do ride that. Wow. The drive chain looks like a cam chain. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, we've all been waiting for this one. This is the uh, Honda XL750 Transalp. Yeah, so they're, mm. having, they're not releasing it here. This is UK. Right, people. right. Yep. So seven, 755cc, liquid-cooled parallel twin, new motor, uh, 92 grip brake horsepower, maximum power at 9,500 RPMs, and 75 newton meters. Uh, it can, supposedly, it, it's going to compete directly with the 850GS. What was the weight and horsepower again? I don't have that right oh. here. I can get it, though. Yeah, I'll this is the one they've been teasing out. This one is highly anticipated. Um, I think the styling is great. I think this is up there with the Tenere 700. Um, this looks like a functional, fun bike. Don't know the price point yet. So I'm going to say Stumpy. But that was kind of a no-brainer. <laughs> well, it is, but 
why aren't we getting it in America, you chumps? They said yeah. maybe next year. Well, maybe. I'm not sure if I like maybe. It well, we know because they have to pass. It just yeah. makes yeah. It has jumped through all the hoops. So, Emma, what do you think? No, I mean it's it's how could it not be stumpy? I mean, you yeah. know, it's it it is what it is. But yeah. you know, having made motorcycles of volume since 1959 and have been making motorcycles since 1949, you would think that Honda would be able to roll out a new model that could be sold in America from day one, wouldn't you? Yeah, because we are quite a big market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're also pains in the asses. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so what was interesting to me is in this list, um, it does seem like adventure bikes are live and kicking. Although the middle, the middleweights are the middle ones that are moving yeah. forward. So, um, well, did we get everyone else's vote? Uh, bagel. Um, yeah, definitely Stumpy. Craig. I'm I'm going against the grain just because I despise parallel twins so much the gutless (laughs) gutless i do kind of like the looks i like the history yes it's a they're bringing it back the original ones look sweet with that retro look but and they will be twins of course craig yeah i'm just going i'm going pure chump with this move honda jump it's a chump jim i you know i'm gonna go along it's you know it's like uh i mean i love hondas right Mm -hmm. obviously right and i'm kind of like uh but had they made that gone back to the v twin um, I think it would have been it would have been more mm. exciting because you have the narrower prof- profile. It's easier to ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I saw somewhere where it might make ninety horsepower. Now, if that's the case, that's mm. pretty cool. But I wish I liked it more than I did. It's just kind of like. Mm. Also, it has the signature gold rims, and yeah. I'm a sucker for gold rims. Well, <laughs> and I, I read real quick up on it. Um, the quality of the build seems pretty fucking good. Yeah. So it's it's something you got to like, but it, yeah. I'm not like all, ooh, that's, you know, anyway. Yeah. Well, let's get to the next one, because I'm ready to hate on this. This is the <laughs> Benelli. Oh, no, I, no, maybe not. <laughs> Caw-caw, this is the Benelli, Caw-caw. 2023 Benelli TRK 500. They also have a 702, which I probably No, this should. is, isn't this hmm. the 802? This is the 500. Uh, The 500 is a new one. Or 502. They, they announced the 802. Yeah. At ICMA. So That's what it should be. Yeah, I think I got the wrong one here. Yeah. So the, the, let's talk about that. Uh, so the 502 is what they've had, and I've just uh, avoided it because it's too small and underpowered. But then they announced the new TRK 800, which, well, is actually a 754cc. So this is going to be directly competing with that... Um, Transout. Uh, Transout. But it's... A much better looking bike, I think. Oh, yeah. God, so that's, yeah. That's the 802. Oh, yeah. What a great looking thing. Is it yellow? It's, uh, well, this. No, this one is like tan and Oh, orange. that's better because yeah. the I one say, up there is yellow. I, I like the yellow. Oh, I'm not sure I like the red ribbon. Uh, so, six speed transmission. Uh, it's got 75 horsepower, 49 foot pounds of torque. Yes. Uh, steel, steel trellis frame. Yes. Um, Pirelli Rally SDR tire stock. Uh, 30, 320 millimeter discs up front, uh, decent fuel tank, seven inch TTF dash. So pretty. I mean, they're really going after uh, seventy four horsepower. Yeah. yeah. Price point again uh, TBA MSRP TBA. Okay. Yeah, but the five hundred two was only like six thousand brand new. I think so. I'm guessing right. they're making a sub nine thousand. I like that bike. thing on the screen, that yellow mm-hmm. thing. I think that's great. that's a five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great looking bike. It's yep. got a beak. 
See, now I'm torn. Like if I had to choose between the um, the Honda and the Benelli, I might go for the Benelli because I think it looks better and I want to really put it to the test. I would say if you're play, if, if you're going to crash it, go with the Honda. If you don't yeah. think you're going to crash it, go with the Benelli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, a lot of, of huh. when it comes mm. down to the wire, because I mean, the majority of adventure bikes are just ridden from Starbucks to Starbucks right. anyway. When it comes down to the buying um, decision making, it'll be what dealership is close to you. Right. Yeah. And always, always the money. The money. Yeah. Um, And if you've got a Benelli dealer close by and a Honda dealer close by and the Benelli comes in at a couple of grand cheaper than the Honda, as I think it will, it's going to be a very, very real decision. And I, you know, it's it's a Benelli. I mean, even though it is made in China, ultimately Italian it's design. still a mm-hmm. very Italian designed mm-hmm. bike. Well, I mean, Benelli, it's a great like, looking bike. Yeah, like there are other industries too, like everyone, like Benelli firearms. I mean, you want to talk about fine, you know, fine fine things. Yeah, yeah Benelli shotgun, beautiful but, shotgun. But those were a, a split off from a brother, so it's not the same company, just the same name. Just, just say. Thanks, wet blanket. I'm <laughs> it's not all under the same roof. It no, just ha- yeah, like, I know, but know. they all have the same mum. It's all Italian, and she instilled her great grandma. Yeah, this but, point. but she but, yeah. instilled the, the the sense of quality sure. in them all. So are we stumpy or are we, are we uh, jumpy here? No, no stumpy. I, because I, I don't think you guys know. It. I I mean I'm. This isn't even a question. This is pure chump. It looks like GS and Triumph Tiger had an unwanted love child. This is the most (laughs) chumpiest bike we've seen. No, I love it, Craig. Are you blind? (laughs) Are you blind? And it's yellow. It reminds me like we're going to go. Yellow's the worst color. We're all going to go to the. Exactly. A, you never paint a motorcycle yellow. Thank you. Well, that's why I said I was going to hate on it because I saw a yellow bike and I hate yellow. Right out the gate. I hate yellow. But what it reminds me of is we go, we'll, we'll all go to the show know, in Vegas later this yeah. year and we'll go to these Chinese bikes and they all have all this shit all over them, which are designed to make you look away from the quality of the build because it has bling all over it. And plus, like, first thing I said, so I'm going to tell you why I'm, yeah, I'm stumpy. And, and, and I've said this one. I went to check out the TRK 502. It was underpowered and it was cheap. It was cheaply built. It had cheap components on it. But those components were very cheap to replace, and they were readily available on places like AliExpress. And I think I said this bike I looked at was only a year old and already had a tear in the seat. I'm, you usually wait to like 10 or 20 years before you get a But you can go to AliExpress. But when I pointed that out, I'm like, well, look how thin the material is on the seat. He goes, yeah, but they're 30 bucks brand new. I paid eight hundred dollars for a seat on my Africa Twin. I can put a brand new seat on the TRK for thirty bucks. Yeah, but does it have a heater? No, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, at Corbin. But I'm saying it's cheap, but parts are plentiful and very cheap to replace. So that's. But but you get what you pay for too, right? So uh, that's why I'm stumpy. Jim, are you stumpy or chumpy? Oh, it's chump, chumpy as fuck. Yeah, the bagel, bagel. Uh, You know. I'm going to go with Chumpy. Wow. This bike doesn't do anything for me. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. Well, since we're in the yellow bike vein, here's another one. Oh. This is the new, brand new Suzuki V-Strom 800DE. Oh. So a couple things about it. It's a parallel twin for you, Craig. Uh, 83.1 horsepower. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> so interesting. It's got a G-spot. 
<laughs> so, so oh, that's the hard stuff. On top of an ele- electronic suite What's that easy? matches the armory, the DE gets an additional G. Oh, G mode. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, got, I got a G button on my Africa Twin. <laughs> it stands for gravel, by the way. That's what's on my Africa Twin. But every time I hit the G button, I yelp. So 21 inch front wheel, uh, which is a big deal for for riding in dirt. Okay. They, what they said is they really want this to be capable in the dirt. And that 21 inch front wheel 21. means it's real. Yep. Yes. So um, huge tank, 5.3 gallon tank. Uh, it gets 64 miles to a gallon, so that's 330 mile range. Um, you know, there you go. It's a it's uh it splits the difference between the wee strom and the big strom. So what size is it? 800. Okay. So we've got some. This is a sweet spot that they're hitting these um, mid mid size. Uh, I'm going to chump it, and I'll tell you why I'm going to chump it. Because oh, I think it's a Suzuki. It's a Suzuki. I can't believe oh, it. Oh, good <laughs> what? Yeah. Choose your words and, wisely, and has, woman. And it has gold rims. And it's yellow and almost <laughs> purple. I know, and everybody knows. I I'm going to take my shoe off. Yeah, please, <laughs> Suzuki. But what a missed opportunity! All they've basically done is they've said, "Okay, the the Tenere 700's great." The Transalp's going to be great. Let's make the same bike. Yeah. They had a very capable V-twin. They had a very capable larger V-twin. Why on earth didn't they make an 800 V-twin? That was my question. Why is it all? Why? Because I agree with Quake. The Africa twin, parallel twin, it does not do anything for you. They're basically, they've had a missed opportunity. Triumph are really the market leaders in the middleweight with the Tiger 800 and the mm-hmm. Tiger 9s, which are incredible bikes. And they stand alone because they're three-cylinder bikes. So why just build this to kowtow to every other Japanese manufacturer? They had a really good opportunity to enlarge. And, um, you know, I may be selling them short. There may be a reason why they can't enlarge the, the SV650 engine. <clears throat> to 800 but wouldn't that have made a great bike because that is a that is one of the greatest engines ever to come out of japan that sv650 and the dl650 (laughs) engine and just giving it a little more power that would have been brilliant but it is getting long in the tooth i mean Mm. it's 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 over 23 years old now that engine so maybe it's at the end of its life but fuck me why didn't you make it a v-twin that would have been yeah. great. Yeah. I, I'm going to say chump just because I can't stand the colors. Well, it's not the only color available. Just I know, but I'm just saying they, they chose to put out those colors, which... It's very 90. They were close, very 90-ish. but not. Uh, they were close. But... No. Well, I'll throw no. this out just for counterpoint. So uh, I know a guy uh, where I got my Suzuki from. He's got the... the Suzuki. The big V-Strom, whatever we call that yes. one. Yes. And the new one. And this guy used to do the flat track thing back yes, in the yes, days. Yes, older yes. now. He loves that bike. He says this V-Strom 1000 he has with all the modern stuff. He goes, it's fast as fury. It's easy and fun to ride. So I've not ridden one, but apparently the new, the new V-Stroms are, are a lot of fun to ride. I rented the V-Strom 1000 on the Isle of Man with my dad. And that's a different topic. The, the V-Strom was it, it was, it was actually pretty good. It was surprising. And this one, I like where Suzuki's head was at joining the market, whether they're not the, they're not the first ones to do it. But I feel like this is a Me Too bike. It, it is. You know, me it too, is. Me too. And that, as, and as well as that power plan, I have to go chump. Yeah. Mm. Bagel? 
Again, I'm going to go chump. I just, it doesn't really do much for me. Yeah, yeah sorry, I think, Suzuki. I think I they're mean, just p- trying to play catch up. They're not leading the market. Yeah, it, I think yeah, Emma nailed it. It was a missed opportunity to do yeah, something it, really it, cool. Yeah. Absolutely breaks my heart because, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Everyone looked to Suzuki. I mean, well, it almost know. looks at like the last bike we looked at. Right, exactly. It's similar, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You know, like you know, the tre- I mean, I love yeah. the trellis frame and all. Anyway, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Okay, yeah. moving on. Uh, okay, this one is interesting. Honda CL500 Scrambler. Yeah. So, uh, low seat height, 31.1 inches. Uh, relatively light, it's 423 pounds. Uh, so, Emma, 1917 in wheels, ABS, 310 millimeter front disc. If I'm mistaken, Emma, is oh, this. Oh, about $7,100. Yes. Is this a what Honda size? Rebel with a, with a different subframe? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and then a high pipe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It uses the exact same Rebel 500 engine. But yeah. it's it is, and so just to reiterate, and I've said this many many times on the podcast before, so this isn't new information. The Rebel 500 is the most popular incarnation of that 500 mm. twin engine. But in my opinion, it's the least capable of them. Mm. The least popular one is the CB500X, which, yeah, in my opinion, is the best one. Bike. Which is a great same motor, though, right? Same motor. Yeah. Which is the same motor as this. I like this. I like this for a number of reasons. All the things that I don't like about the Rebel, the sort of folded in half riding position, because if you ride a Rebel. Your feet are out front and your hands are straight out front. So you feel like you're folded up in a book and it's extremely uncomfortable. On Mm. your coccyx, they're they're very uncomfortable bikes to ride for any length of of time. This appears to address all of that. It's a roomier bike. It sits a little higher. It's got mid-controls. It's got higher bars. Um, I love green bikes. I think anything green is a winner. Um... And it's got it's actually got some history behind it. I mean, Honda CLs were, mm-hmm. you know, the Boulevard Cruisers back in the day. I know it's hitting that retro yeah. spot for me. But everybody, but everybody but likes the CLs. When I look at it, I see a Rebel. Well, yeah, but you're going to have to bling it up. Yeah, I'm just saying. When I look at it, I see a Rebel. Yes, I don't see a vintage Scrambler, a vintage mm-hmm. CL. It's not enough of a nod to the past, like they did. With the, I keep forgetting the name, the Honda yeah, but Trans Out. The Trans Out has hints. But I tell you what, it's 7100 bucks. Yeah. And that high pipe with the chrome exhaust oh, yeah. shield. And I, mean, I tell that's... you what, I would put money that Honda have an accessory catalog yeah. for that bike that you can bolt a bunch of chrome on it. And I bet it looked like a million I'm bucks. I'm stumpy for it. And then I take am. it to, Matt, to Bad yeah. Matt's Hard, track on New Not Year's. just stump, hard stump from Emma. Wow. Yes. I, I'm Ooh. torn. When I first saw it, I was stumpy for it because I love, uh, I I love a scrambler. But then I just keep looking at the tank. It looks weird to me. It looks like a rebel. It looks like a bike that was half thought out. I uh, can I be a soft? I'm gonna I'm gonna be a soft stump because I think that there's a market that it will fill. For people who want a you know 500 cc bike and it has better than a rebel, better than a rebel. Craig, what do you think? I towed the line for the entire time we were staring at it, but in the end, I have a thing for high pipes. I'm going stumpy. (laughs) Nice. And for a parallel twin, I I know. Suck it it up, soldier. It was tough for me. (laughs) Suck it up, soldier. (laughs) The high pipes overcome, though. Jim, what do you say? 
Yeah, it's stumpy. It's stumpy <laughs> as fuck because it makes you want to like. I would. I love the wheels. I like the way it looks. The high pipe, right? You can't. You gotta yeah, love it's brilliant. That. It yeah. looks like something you want to take out in the hooligan on a flat track. Exactly. I think if you could get that on like on a quarter mile flat track. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here's the other thing. I like it. One of the reasons Liza thought it was mediocre, like eh, it's an okay, you know, entry level maybe bike, maybe entry level plus. But if you want to hop on a bike that's accessible for a newer rider and look cool, yep. And you say maybe had a short, you know, stumpy emsing. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I think it's a cool looking bike. So well done, Honda. Definitely stumpy. No, compared yeah. to that horrible 500 that Harley put out, Lord have mercy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. But I bet if you threw that thing around a track, yeah, I bet it, yeah. it would be fun to ride. Yeah. No, well done. That thing. Bagel, what do you say? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. This is a stumpy bike. Um, I think this is a bike that's great for anybody to get into, especially women in particular, because you know a lot of women have been have been kind of herded into the the rebel category, and you know, it's an okay bike, but but I think this with the high pipe and and the 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 running position, I think this this would be. I think this is this is a fantastic bike. Would you so, consider uh, riding a motorbike if this was on offer, Bagel? I would definitely ride this. High praise, indeed. There you <laughs> go. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> now it's green. We're going a whole other direction oh. here. This is a twenty twenty three Ducati Diavel. Now, the yeah. difference is, is this is a V4 as opposed to the V-twin before. Mm-hmm. has a ton of crazy electronics in it. It's heavy. It's 491 pounds with dry. Uh, 166 horsepower, uh, 93 foot-pounds of torque, 1158cc V4 Gran Turismo motor, uh, seat height of 31, and it's $28,000. Chump, it will empty your bank account and set your garage on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a I never hard, liked, yeah. I'm a hard hmm. chump. I don't like the way it looks. Yeah, they're god It looks cheap to me yeah. in the uh, <sighs> photos that they took with a black background. Hmm. Just, I, I, it looks... Now one, no. one interesting thing what, that what, does... What are the specs on it again? In terms of what? Power? Yeah. Uh, 166 horsepower and 93 foot-pounds of torque. I don't think we needed this. Now, the interesting thing it does um, is it's a four-cylinder, but it has this weird thing where it's re- it deactivates the, the rear cylinders to improve efficiency. So it switches huh. between a twin and a four-cylinder kind of so on its own. I rode, um, I rode an Indian that had that feature, Yeah, and it was awful. Huh. It, it rode like a misfiring bike. It was not pleasant <laughs> whatsoever. And in fact, it was... And I mean, admittedly, the Indian was a V-twin, and it went down to a single cylinder. What? But, you know, they were, oh, it's completely seamless. Right. But it, there was just this moment hesitation. Mm-hmm. When you're idling, and it's just loafing on one cylinder, and you pull away, and there's just that momentary sensation between the one cylinder and the second cylinder cutting in, is that for uh, emissions to pass emissions or or just economy emissions whatever yeah. but it was not pleasant yeah. and it's going to be even less pleasant on a v4 running on the two front cylinders right no yeah. no 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 it does, no it does nothing for me greg ducati hired us and we test rode demo days um for two days and all we rode for the whole day both days were the diavels and that power plant is insane but it's ugly as fuck so i'm going <laughs> i am going solid yeah. semi-hard chump yeah right and uh, you know and it's a very valid point that you say craig because we expect italian bikes to be beautiful uh, 
it was it's fast as hell it is a demon it just doesn't look that great i think that jim's jixer serves the same purpose and looks better well, here's well, what here's what I'll chump the fuck out of it because whenever you, and I saw a bike out there today at the garage. Anytime you have a bike that makes that much power, the fun starts about 80, 90 miles an hour, right? You're, <laughs> you're thick into third gear, you're rolling on, and you're like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a windscreen, the wind just starts kicking the shit out of you. I so yeah. So like naked naked bikes that make that much power, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. All right. All right. B- what, bagel. Bagel. You know. I, I'm, I have to say, I'm really kind of torn about this one. It It is ugly, yes, but an ugly bike that makes a lot of power, that's kind of kind of cool. Uh, but... Just buy know, a VMAX. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah but... It, and, and, and all of the, the, the overly complicated technology that, that is used in there just seems like that's more stuff that could just has the potential to go wrong. Uh uh, I, I really am, am torn on this one. Don't do it. Don't do it. Ben. You know, don't do it. I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to throw a chump to this one there we go. just because it's, it's, it looks like it's a fruit <laughs> of a bike and it probably is a hell of yeah. a lot of fun. So I just don't want to have to repair it. This might be my All favorite right. bike here, by the way. Oh, this is a 2023 Honda Hornet 750. Ooh. So it looks like a high song. <laughs> <laughs> it has a uh the parallel twin the same one they use uh in the in the trans out um boy craig's favorites 270 degree crank it's got 90 horsepower and the interesting thing is that uh, it has almost the same amount of power as a cbr 650 so for a twin that's that's interesting and it's what size 750 750 490 pounds peak torque is 55 throttle by wire a three-level traction system, wheelie control, engine braking. Uh, this the steel diamond frame they worked on. It's uh, it's about twenty. They claim it's like twenty-eight, thirty under thirty pounds. The frame itself. I, I'm going to take a guess here, and tell me if I'm wrong, Emma. If since it's a Hornet, this is probably a UK version. Yeah, I would think. I don't think this is made for the US. I don't think it's going to be coming to the US. What a bummer! This is I, a great bike. I, don't, I think. I don't. I don't see what purpose it serves that is not already being met by a nailed it bikes. what why mm. it's this as good a bike as this may be listen to what you just said john mm. it it's almost as quick as a 150 cc less bike from the same manufacturer right why does it exist it's like an MT07, or which a, already exists. We this bike doesn't. Need but this looks very exist. different than the MT. Uh, it it doesn't do anything for me. I don't see it serving a purpose unless it was like we made a five thousand dollar bike. Like I don't I don't see it as bringing anything new to the game. Okay. So for for me, that's that's a chump. Hey, I'm stumpy for it. So whatever. I know for me, it's it's a chump. Uh, Jim. I, you know, it's a Honda, and it's you know, it's reliable, it's affordable, so it's cool. I'm, I'll go, I'll go middle. I'll, you're not quite flaccid, but not stumpy. Uh, you know, you're indifferent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. indifferent. I mean, Craig, it's, it's not yeah. not cool. It's just that you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm on the same line. I like the name. I did see a really cool ad for it out in Honda. Even it's impressed me with the Hornet ad when it got released, and I was like, ooh, it I is a bitchin' name, I, like a fighter Hornet, jet, right? Yeah, it yeah, should look so. more bitchin'. 
Um, my stomach got a little tingled, but that engine, <laughs> and I do agree with Liza about the market kind of gray that I don't really see where it has its place. Like some <laughs> European cities, yeah, like cruising around the streets of like Italy, and then you can bounce out to the countryside or something, yes. But if we're talking where we live, it's just, uh, I don't really I see mean, it. I mean, we got the CB500F here. Um, this is what, like it would be like a CB700F. That's what it looks F. like. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we need it. Bagel? That's all. You know, I got to say, I think there's only one market this bike was destined for, and that's Trumpistan. It's a bike. Yeah. Right. What, what else can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma, you're chumpy on this one or stumpy? <clears throat> oh, I'm, I'm absolutely chumpy on it. Right. Because it... I agree with you, John, that it may be a good bike, but I don't see why it exists. Yeah. All right. There's one here too. Uh, sorry. Moving on. Last one. I don't. We didn't get the picture in the PowerPoint, so I can't uh, do it. Sure. The Indian. Yeah. Indian FTR Sport. So. I, I sure. I thought I had it in there. No, you got this one instead. Oh, that's what you sent me. No. I don't know. Maybe. I did. No, okay. But whatever. <clears throat> so Indian FTR Sport. Let me see if that's it. Nope. Uh, it's uh 1200 cc 60 degree v twin uh six speed chain drive 120 horsepower 87 foot pounds of torque uh mccuny throttle bodies uh, suspension you know, right. great great suspension yeah 1717 on the, yeah. on the tires all the things yeah so uh, dr- uh dry weight is 42 yes um, and there's three oh. there's three yeah. levels there's the base the sport right. and the carbon level Right, beautiful motorcycle. Yeah, deep, um, hard stump. Yeah, no explanation <laughs> yeah. needed. Yeah, I mean, it has everything. It's a, it's an Indian. Yeah, stump all the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna agree. It's good looking, and I like it when uh, Indian goes sporty. You know? Oh, me too. Me I like too. It I like it so. Sporty. Yes, the I flat like his track cross, pedigree, this those what, high pipes, yeah. the high seat yeah. height. That's what Harley should be doing. The What's gold it? anodized forks. What's it called? The Indian FTR, FTR Sport. Sport. Yeah. The only, I love yeah. them too. Ever mm. since I saw them, the only downside is if you're a little on oh, the yeah. taller side, mm. I, I sat on one of those and I looked oh like a giant. God, why don't you it? grow? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was, says that the six, bike seven was guy. small. Yeah. I tell you what, but I love the bike. That's oh, twelve hundred is beautiful. That might oh. be the most beautiful thing I've. I tell you what, that looks like to me. That looks like it's got the same stance as an arch. Yeah, yeah, yeah for similar. a fraction of the money. God, that's a good looking mm. bike. Oh my god. That thing looks like it is going to beat you up and defend your kids. So what do you, what do you think? The, what, what's the torque, uh, the torque thing like on this? Emma? The torque like, curve? Yeah, what's the torque curve like on this bike? Because it makes 120 horsepower, which isn't a, which is a lot, but it's not a ton. It's uh, but it could be torquey as I don't know what. Claim, yeah. claim horsepower is. Uh, no, I'm looking at the wrong one. I mean, it it, it looks like 87 foot pounds of torque. That's pretty good torque. It looks like a nimble heavy bike. MSRP's you know? just under sixteen thousand. Well, the the low level one is thirteen four. The mid is fifteen seven, and the high is seventeen two. But it would be like if you wanted a cool bike to ride somewhere to look cool on. There's your bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would want, I'm, I'm I would want to ride it from here to Vegas I'm or a, LA or something. But bagel, how you feeling about it? Yeah, yeah. That was definitely a stump. I I love how this bike is all business it is all about mm. producing right. power and 
and enjoying it. So, Bagel, did you, did you choose this or the uh, dragster? The dragster uh, scooter. Good question. They look kind of, you know, they kind of got a similar look to them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I'd have to go with the dragster just be, just for the exotic factor. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and, and because it's a scooter. But, but yeah, this <laughs> Indian FTR Sport is, is pretty badass, too. Just by judging by y'all's reactions, this well, was the one that got the biggest reaction. And these bikes, I mean, you know, this this Heritage bike wins races. You know, mm-hmm. you look at the fat, right. you know, yeah. they kick the shit out of Harley yep. all the time. And, you know, I mean, the whole Indian story, it's it's really this Cinderella story that they came. They, well, remember, they used to be in Hollister. Right. You remember back, yeah. In, yeah. Remember that, yeah. Mm-hmm. back then? Yeah. 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 And just the reviving of the name and this sort of these missteps mm. and these the misstarts. Yeah. And it was like them now, and Victory were kind of at yeah. the same time. And this now comeback. they're back and they're just kicking ass. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, and again, it's what it. It, it's what I try and preach, Danny. It's reverence for the domestic brand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I I mean, I like Harley, so I own an Harley. But, you know, Harley sometimes does things that we're not sure we, we agree with. And to a certain extent, Indian does as well. But, my God, those the Indians are great-looking bikes. Sure is. They yeah. absolutely have nailed the styling <clears throat> Damn, on them. Man. Well, thank you, John, sure. for playing Stumpy or Jumpy. I, I feel it was far more stumpies than chumpies this time. It was. Well, I think we went out with a hard That's why I was excited stump. about what came out when I started seeing them. Like, wow, there's, yeah. some, there's some interesting bikes coming out. It's cool. Yeah. Well, uh, coming up next, I wanted to get a ride report from the guys. Uh, Craig and Jim, you guys just went out and did what I think is a, a, a ride from hell. But you <laughs> seem to love it, Jim. Give us a report. Where did you go this time, and how naked were you? Well, yes and yes and yes. I'm going to hand it over to Craig, because I'm like a broken record. I'm like, I went to the desert, and I rode around the sand, and then I came back. But yeah, yeah. Um, but so we, uh, I went to an area that I've been before. It's uh, it's in the, the General Mojave Desert. Mm-hmm. It's an area called Johnson Valley OHV, um, and it's BLM land, and it's just open desert, um, but a huge variety of, of terrain, but... I, I think it's better to... Cause well, yeah, you, you love Craig, riding in the sand, but Craig, do you have a lot of experience well, riding in the sand? No, no. <laughs> even gr- growing up riding dirt bikes, I had zero experience with the sand, and it was the one of the most incredible riding experiences of Craig's entire life. Wow. It was, it was all time, because it had just rained for a couple days, so um, as Jim described it when we were down there, it, the similarities with fresh like a foot and a half of snow for our skiers and snowboarders out there we were just slaloming through this thick wet desert sand and you really didn't get buried only in a few places and it was fun getting buried and it was really wasn't that hard to get out jim only had to dig me out once <laughs> when you the got whole buried, trip you got buried so I, I did get buried <laughs> once and uh but it was fun and the consequences are so much lower riding in the sand i mean you can crash doing 70 and it, it would hurt but it, it won't be on that salty bonneville lake flats where it, it slices you up or on a hard rock which i hear doesn't give much either so it was amazing and the the varied terrain really what was does it if it was just all sand um it would have been fun but there's like endless trial sections that you can play and enhance your skills and it's it was like um it was like a practice where we just worked on so many different skills so many facets of motorcycling 
And that's what made it so incredible for me. The hill climbs, the sand, and really just slaloming across the desert in not really that thick sand, just more like command. It was more like cement sand where you could just haul ass across the desert and the sage bushes were so were spread out perfectly that you could just pick lines and uh, it was nothing but glory from this end of the couch. So <laughs> you what, did speak about reading to Valhalla at one time. <laughs> what tips did Jim give you that really helped you adjust to riding sand? Because it is a unique Man, riding style. He's so good. I didn't yeah, give him. I, I just didn't, followed didn't him tips? the whole time. No, I, there was a revelation that Jim gave me, and I told him about it. But now it's escaped my mind. There was some. Oh, I'm trying to think what there was one drink water i don't know That's about it. <laughs> no no but jim was jim provided amazing logistical support he had the navigation because he put in all the work going there before us so he yeah. he led the way to show us so anyone else i would highly recommend going down there because he he, he paved the path he built the house and i just showed up and and partied well what was cool because yeah, party with Craig because he he did some we did some additions to the house. Um, you know, I I ride, but I'm kind of a chicken, right? Like, and a lot of times I'm by myself, so you ride more conservative. But at, at, at heart, I'm a chicken. And Craig's a really capable rider and a trials rider, right? And so, what one of the best things I did for at least half a day was follow him in first gear. Mm. And because you think of the desert, but how rocky were some of these parts? I mean, it was very. Very rough. And not Wait, weren't bad. you at one point like twelve o'clock? Oh, that was a that was the Dunes Hill climb. <laughs> and he's riding on a bald dirt bike tire. Like the knobby in the back is maybe an eighth of an inch. Yeah, he called oh, he man. called me about an hour before he was due to leave and said, Oh, you got a tire in tune? And I'm like, Yeah, but I haven't got time to fit him. And he's like, Okay, I'll Yeah, I got here. a flat leaving the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Packed up. I had everything loaded. I noticed it was flat in the bed of the truck with all the stuff from the Mojave. And I was like, Oh. Oh, But shit. you know what? Craig rolled up hard on Wednesday. I was stoked too, because Tuesday night oh, I went I down saw the there. Video. He um, was holy. Oh, well, Tuesday night, it yeah. was like I was on Mount Everest. The rain came in, the winds were just ripping. Um, the tent was getting pounded and then craig rolled in it was kind of breezy when you came in that first day and then the weather was stellar just beautiful yeah the videos the sky was the most amazing dark blue it was wonderful and we and we both lost a certain virginity on the trip what Mm -hmm. oh oh we need to hear about this i know it was outside the tent too yes it was uh riding in the dunes sand dunes Ah. Yeah, Craig. Well, are you going to share? Let's let Craig share. <clears throat> it was the most amazing connection between the tire and the surface I had ever experienced. I mean, and I've been in a lot of terrain. It was it was motosexual heaven, riding in sand dunes, <laughs> hauling ass, um, these banked curves of sand dunes just piled up. It was it was amazing, and no one was there for a little while. It wasn't like Pismo, where you're worried about an ATV coming over and like smashing you in the face. It was like just basically to yourselves. There were a few more people that showed up, um, but it was it was pretty open. So and you could kind of see the lay of the land, and just riding those banked curves. You just don't want to roll off because then you'll you'll sink. It was crazy. So super deep sand. But prior to that, we didn't really see anyone for like like a day and a half or two days, well, almost two days. And then the people did rally at the dunes. But you can you realize how people really get hurt riding in dunes and how people do the Dakar stuff. I don't get it because these are like chill dunes, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking after like a few minutes, like, oh, I got the hang of this. I'm kind of cool. And you come up over this little rise and you're going to go down the other side of this little hill. And next thing you know, it's 
like 18 feet straight down. <laughs> and you're, oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but the cool thing, like Craig noted, is A, you slow down pretty fast in sand. Um, and modern motorcycle suspensions are pretty bad uh, in a good way. I mean, you know, right, are really good. But I tell you what, ripping, like pinned basically in second gear most of the time, like you're in snow. It's a it's a wild feeling. Um, so that was really cool. That was, But what I really enjoyed with Craig was, like, I'd been there so many, like, not so many times, but a few times. I kind of do the same stuff. But to watch Craig all of a sudden, look at look at that big giant granite slab and knobby thing that goes up somewhere. And he just rode yeah, up. Yeah, he's just fearless. Well, in, in first gear, like, going two miles an hour. Yeah. And, like, I just learned you can actually coast. In, in, so heavy sand downhill, it wears me out, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, like, driving the bike. Well, all of a sudden, I'm watching Craig. He coasts, pulls a clutch, and rolls downhill. And I learned that's a thing you can do. And oh my God, my writing got so much better. So it was great having Craig there to like be able to follow somebody and learn and push your push yourself a little bit. And know if you get in trouble, which we kind of we kind of got away with one coming home one night. So yeah, yeah. yeah so <laughs> the sun, the sun was setting, and we were at this mountain range. Um, and we just visited Hammertown for people that know the, the hard rock shit. So yeah, we went to where they had King of the Hammers. We we there was soggy dry lake bed, which is a little tiny mini kind of Bonneville salt flax place. Soggy we tried, dry. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a it's a we tried to set land speed records <laughs> for thumpers. Yeah. Um, and then we're deep, deep in the desert, and we're not sure if you can cut through the mountain range. The sun's setting. It's getting dark on us, and we kept bounding on the back of this range um, west of the Mojave, Johnson Valley, and then we weren't sure if we were going to make it, and then we finally made this um, passage, Shaft Canyon, but then we took a left once we got a little out of this canyon and then it was just straight rocky is it like downhill a, on the backside we're gonna get the we're shaft like shit. Canyon. yeah yeah <laughs> we were about to get the shaft it was getting dark on us and uh we barely made it but we we made it we well, made it it's one of those things where you make a decision and i've been proper fucked you know before like okay if we're committed now if we're gonna go either down this thing or up that thing it's gonna be really hard to come backwards and that happened to me down in Anzabrego. And, and anyway, we, and, but I was stoked. Craig was like, let's do it. And we did it. And one of the cool, uh, so it, one of the p- parts were so steep, Craig could ride most of it, but I had to do the trick where I, I walked the bike down in gear using the clutch mm-hmm. and front brake. So a combination of clutch and front brake to go down these steep, just billy goat rocky sections. Um, but, but we, but we did get away because at the same time we could have gotten somewhere and been like, oh shit. We definitely yeah. can't. Fight. We have to turn around now, <laughs> no. or you know, if we had a flat or yeah. uh, an issue like it, which you have had, it gets real, real fast. Yeah. And like you know, we we I had basic tools, but like we didn't have tires. And and so when we finally got down the hills, and it was it was it was pretty intense. It was cool though. Um, we arrived at our campsite, and the first star came out. So uh-huh. Jupiter was the first star, or yeah, it was Jupiter. And I'm like, holy shit, dude! And I'm like. And I pounded the rest of my water and my bladder was empty. And I'm like, Craig, I just finished my water. How about you? And he was like, dude, I'm out of water. And I'm like, I'm really glad we got through that little fucking pass. (laughs) But it was a great time just doing the following, you know, Craig and learning how to go slow and how to go in first gear up and down these little knobby Craigs. It was really fun. And the desert is just beautiful. You know, I, every time you tell these stories, I'm like, maybe, maybe I'll go try it. And then you, when you talk about having to get off and walk it down a thing, I'm like, nope, I'm out. Oh, I'm I think out. about you. Nope, oh, yeah. nope. Or just no. endlessly deep sand. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, I don't and know. And, you know, for you, nothing would be worse if you'd be out there and your knees would give out and... The, you know, oh yeah, no, we the, just well, tie no, a rope I, around her leg and drag yeah, her we back. Had some, we had some toe straps. We just, <laughs> oh god, no, I, I, I can't walk on uneven surfaces <laughs> right. because of my knees. So that's why when you say that, I'm like, oh like, nope, yeah, oh, nope. Oh. That's that to me is my kryptonite. But hey, I mean, I, I I keep saying, Jim, you need to come to Pakistan because I actually ripped in the desert yeah. in Pakistan. Like I actually, I know you guys stuff hard in Pakistan. I've seen you do just, it. Uh, you guys would love it. No, I'm yeah. sure. it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. But again, well, get out, get out, and explore your public lands. I'm know? also, I'm also glad to hear though that you're, you know, learning from from another rider. You both kind of learning from each other. That's always a great thing to go riding with somebody and become better because of it. And one more thing, we were saying the bikes did great, right? Craig's riding the Husqvarna 500, mm-hmm. and uh, and I got the Sierra 450, and the bikes did right. great. And we they ran beautifully, no flat tires. We didn't have. The side bags were a little bit of a bitch, kept coming off, but that's minor. Um, but I'm watching major. Craig in these sand dunes, and there's roosts of sand mm. like 30 feet in diameter. Like sand is in these bikes. Like I crashed going down this big berm one time. The throttle was kind of stuck because there's so much sand wedged in it. Like the abuse you can put through these fucking things. Yeah. And they, you know, and they won't pick it up and they start. It's pretty. Craig was rock hopping up this thing, kicked off a rock, and the left side, so the chain guard. Yeah, chain guard on the bottom, on the rear sprocket, smashed against this rock, and like a bunch of rock went flying off, and burp, burp, went right back up. We checked it out afterwards, a little bit, a little beat up, but the motorcycle just just Great. eats that shit up. It's amazing. Designed for it. That is awesome. Well, I want to get to some emails real quick. Um, uh, John, you have one there <clears throat> I do. to read. Johnny. This is so, a front front of yours. Yeah, it is. Uh, hello, fellow scooter riders. Joe, aka Puppy. So Joe was with us in Pakistan. He was the youngest guy, and he had uh, definitely young puppy energy compared to the rest of us old farts. So and we he, called him Puppy. He's coming out for the five hundred. So love me some Puppy. Uh, Stumpy already knows, but I may have got is that the, like a, a Furby thing. It kind of is, yeah. If you, if you rub if you rub him, he giggles. He'll roll over and you can scratch his belly. And stuff. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> Uh, Stumpy already knows, but I have bought the world's best, most versatile motorcycle after we had a conversation on what second bike I should get. The motorcycle has performance, braking, and suspension plushiness in droves. It's the kind of bike you must put a milk crate on the back of and go tear up in the dirt. A KLR? Of course, I'm talking about the KTM 690. Oh! My bike is an 08 model, and I've affectionately named Penny after the, the varnish of rust that covers the head of every bolt in the bike. This fall winter, I'm going to completely strip the bike and replace everything that is worn after 23,000-odd miles and maybe out of it in the spring with a brand-new bike and a few less dollars in my wallet. Speaking of wallets, if I have enough money left over after rebuilding my shiny orange turd, I would love to be involved in any trips you guys have planned for next year. Pakistan was only the beginning, and and money was only meant to be spent on traveling the world, not sit in a bank account. Mm-hmm. Liza, in particular, interested mm-hmm. in the England trip and would mm-hmm. love to try out these English engines that Emma claims are so good. Dank right. Nooners and Katumers, Joe. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Joe. Nice. Uh, Emma, you have one there. I do and indeed. I, I need you to just read the first sentence and then stop because we have a response to that. Okay. And this is from Marshall Thompson. Hey, Marshall. Hello, Misfits! Exclamation point. I saw someone in the LAX airport wearing a Motorcycles and Misfits T-shirt, which reminded me that I've been meaning to email you. All right. So we have a response to that. I was sitting in the LAX airport with my Motorcycles and Misfits t-shirt on, and this guy walks behind me and goes, hey, 
I turn around and look, and he goes, motorcycle, you know, he like, and then, <laughs> and it kind of didn't dawn on me that it had the shirt on, and I turned around to go grab him, and he was gone. So it was like a little angel that flew so, by. So, Marshall, that was Stumpy John. That was me, baby. Yeah. You, said, you, you, met, you met the stump. I just, that's funny. I got an email. Like, hey, I saw a guy with a shirt in LAX, and then John's like, hey, I was in LAX, and the guy shouted. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so here's the here's the body of the email. So this is as much as I can answer because now again it's something I can't answer. Okay, um, my father, who is seventy years old and has been riding since he was a teenager, and I, who is nearing forty, riding since he was ten, have been talking about seeing the TT on the Isle of Man mm. for a very long time. We finally reserved an Airbnb and flights for race week in 2020. Well, we all know what <clears throat> happened then. Mm-hmm. Fast forward uh, multiple years of COVID-19 lack of travel and we're finally going to go. We have an apartment in Ramsey for the whole race week and we have our flights. I was wondering if you have any advice or recommendations for first-time TT attendees. Should we rent a car? Should we rent motorcycles? What are the must-not-miss spots to watch the races? Any places that aren't worth the hype they get. Thanks in advance for the recommendations. Keep the shiny side up. Marshall from Durham, North Carolina. Well, I mean, I could, Craig, well, you've done Craig. it too, right? I went with my father yeah. in 2018 or 19. Yeah, so, I mean, 19, the year I, before COVID, yeah. I think. I haven't yeah. been to the Isle of Man TT now for 25, 30 years. I mean, it's still the same spectacle. When I was there, so there's a couple of things. But first off, I'd like to talk about um, bikes versus cars. And the advantages and disadvantages of each. There are motorcycles everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean everywhere. There are more motorcycles than you've ever seen in your life crammed on a very, very short, um, small space. If you are renting or borrowing a motorcycle, it can be a little intimidating because people ride very, very fast, very, very close. And... Of course, it's on a different side of the road to America. A car, in a lot of ways, is a good idea, but you're, wherever you go, you're going to have problems finding somewhere to put it because every parking spot mm-hmm. is going to be filled with motorcycles. So you have to bear that in mind. The fact that you're in Ramsey is great. Um, when I used to go, we always used to end up at the start and the finish. And I, I love the start because everyone's jostling for position. The noise of the bikes is great. The energy is great when they come off the start. So really, for you, that would be Bray Hill. You want to be around that area. Um, but really, anywhere is great. Mm. Anywhere you find yourself on that course, and I'm sure you found this as well, Craig, the sensation of these bikes going past inches from you at 200 miles an hour, it's the first time you experience it, you're like, oh my God, there's nothing like it. Um, it's really loud and very violent, and it's a complete unique experience in motorcycling. And just the whole spectacle of the Isle of Man. Um, and I've actually heard that in some cases a bicycle is a better thing, vehicle to have. Well, 
Well, you know, there's a lot to be said for just staying in Ramsey and just moving about. You want a motorcycle, 100%. You want to rent it because you can ride the course. You can rent them. But the problem is you got to get them a year in advance. So I reserved them. And I think he said there was only a couple left. And there was literally a little over a year from... The guy's name, he had a Triumph shop in the on the Isle of Man. Oh, I can't remember. Um, if I did a little bit digging, um, I could find you the rental. Right. I think there's only a couple that rent them. I'm so sure you he, can just Google them. You know, he, Marshall might not have access to a bike even if he wants one. It's true. You do kind of have to plan well in advance. So what, what's your other option if you don't? Can you, like, take an Uber or something or what? I mean, you can get around the island. Okay. Pretty easily, like a yeah. bus or yeah, something. Yeah, you take a bus, take yeah, a taxi, okay. and I mean, you know, not all the roads are closed, but there's so much going on everywhere. Well, and it's also my understanding that uh, a house and the ferry are the two things that yes. you need to plan ahead and and have secured or forget about. It, it. was very challenging. I was even over a year before and was still feeling behind the curve. Mm. I should have did it more like 18 months. There were very few, there was only one place left in all of Ramsey that I could find over a year. It was a little bed and breakfast. I wish, but it was great. Um, But you want to see so many different places. That's why I would recommend the motorcycle if you could get it. Because if you're locked in, car is a pain in the ass. It's a big enough island where a bicycle is... You can ride around the town, Ramsey, but there's so many different places and you don't have to overwhelm yourself because there are so many vantage points to see it. The bottom of Bray Hill is where we were part of the time and it was incredible. We also were on the Solby Strait and there was a beautiful little pub there where you, with the with some deep um, locals where you can just hang out at the pub and got rained out. And uh, it was and that was in the, some little fish and, and chip shops and uh, a, a, yeah. a single event. I always enjoyed the Ramsey Sprint. Mm-hmm. I always think the Ramsey Sprint is always worth seeing because just it, these things you see throwing down the street. It's amazing. It's like a drag is race. It a drag race. It's but yeah. It's basically mm-hmm. a drag race on you know yeah. All right. Well, there you go. We're we're going over time, but we have one more email, and it's very important. Um, Bagel, do you have that email there to read? I do. Because um, this is somebody who needs our help. So I want to make sure we get to this. Okay. And this is an email from Bronson Camilleri. Hey, Bronson. Bronson writes, Hey, guys. G'day from Melbourne, Australia. Oh, g'day, Bronson. About six weeks ago, I was in a pretty nasty crash. Oh, bloody hell. Someone came out of a side street without warning and hit me head on. Mm. Both of us traveling around 80 kph, 50 miles per hour. I was airlifted to hospital, mm. was unconscious for a little bit, had a nasty cut on my chin, six cracked ribs, and some other breaks requiring surgery on my ankle, forearm, and shoulder. Don't know how much worse it could have been if I hadn't if I hadn't been wearing all the gear. Um, oops, I hadn't been wearing all my gear. Still have some recovery to go and one more surgery to come in a couple of months. But when I'm capable again, I plan to get back on a bike again and ride because I love it so much. My question is, how do I handle all the people telling me not to? Yeah, I have yep. family and friends telling me <clears throat> to give it up, saying this should be a wake-up call on how dangerous it is. No matter how good or sensible of a rider I am, because of all the things you can't control, like other people on the road... And I would be stupid to get back on. Even my wife doesn't want me to get back on, who was hesitant with me riding in the first place, but she knows she can't stop me. 
but I know she really doesn't want me to because she's scared of losing me. Not sure what to say to these people. Thanks, guys. Bronson from Melbourne. And I want to point out, uh, he sent us some pictures of his bike. This is a, looks yeah. like a Kawasaki Vulcan 650. 650S, yes, and it's that, completely missing the front end. No, I mean, it's yes, there. It that gone. front wheel well, is pushed underneath. in. The axle is at the frame. Yes, yeah, you're lucky yeah. to be The front still with wheel us. was right. <clears throat> like uh, I tell you what. I'm not going to address this now because I think rather than rush through it because we're already over time, I would like to devote the first part of next week's show to actually talking about this. Yeah, because this is is too important a subject just to rush through. And I don't think we would be doing Bronson or his family a favor by just saying blah, 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 and giving a few sound bites and saying, we're out of here, cool, cool. It's a very real subject. It affects us all. Uh, Every single one of us in this room, every single one of us listening has a relative, Mm -hmm. a friend, a loved one who wants us to give up motorcycling. But I think it can be handled simply. A really good life insurance policy. Well, no, there's more than that. That's, there's a lot more than that, and it's a very, very serious mm-hmm. subject. Yeah. So, um, I would like to broach this next week and devote a little bit more than five minutes to it. Yeah, it sounds like he's not in a rush. Yeah, I was going to say he's going nowhere for a week, um, but I'm, mm. uh, um, I'm glad you're making a recovery, Bronson. But yeah, I will say this: soon. you're making absolutely the right decision because it is the right decision for you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get back on a bike, good on you. And we'll do everything we can to help you along that path. But it is a subject we need to talk about okay. at length, and we will do so next week. Yeah. All right, Bronson, stay tuned. We're going to get back to that next Part week. Part two um, next quick, week. Quick update. I got a call from uh, Industrial Moto. My sidecar was built for the Benelli. Oh, God. And, <laughs> and I love this about them. They said... Um, they, the sidecar comes in a Kawasaki green because they make it for the Z125. But they said, but the Benelli has a really nice screen. It wasn't an exact match, so we sent it out the powder coaters to be exactly matched. Nice. nice. I'm like, that's, that's a nice cool. detail. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's coming back from the powder coaters uh, this week, and it's going to be all reassembled and ready to go. And uh, it's, I think, going to be delivered to Phil sometime next month. So, And it, that's where it's going to live. Yes, Phil, I hope that's okay. <laughs> Does he know? <laughs> he does now. Are, he does are you now. paying for winter storage, Liza? But I give you permission to do stupid now. things with it. I give you full permission, Phil. I think it would be a fun uh, snow or ice spike for uh, Sleepy's uh, Pond. Ooh, yeah. yeah oh, I give you permission. Right? Fair enough. Yeah, do, you, do you give him permission like to put ice, ice, uh, ice tires on it? <laughs> well, it does have knobbies on it. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. put some yeah. screws in there. Yeah, drill some screws in. Yeah. I mean, uh, those screws will come in handy on all, the... All uh, I heard, Phil, is you got carte blanche. Those screws will come right? in handy on the on the, on the, the barrel mud. racing yeah, like, in the mud, right? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> like hillbilly shoes. <laughs> I know, Just don't be in the path of that bike because it's careening towards you. I know. Well, um, guys, we're getting so close to Two. the 500th episode. Super yes, we are. Ooh, Ooh. It's just a couple of weeks away. Ooh. Yep, dropping my closer. van off at the shop tonight. Hey. 
And Bagel, uh, what are you, you what are you riding, Bagel? Yeah, what are you? Sorry to get back to you. We were in the desert. Oh yeah, uh, well that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like the the bikes that I have uh, that I could conceivably bring would be either the um, the Heinkel or possibly the CT70 if I can get it running right. So you're going to ride it. Liza's 690 so, Enduro? No, the KLR650 uh, is yours, Bagel. You can't ride those bikes on the freeway. I don't. I don't know what. Yes, to do it's with time KLR. to pop that cherry. Uh, I don't know uh, about that. Yeah. Do it. Do, do it. it. All right. Regardless, uh, somebody we, will, hears, we will do a ride that you can absolutely Guys, somebody here is twitching and in. needs to go. So I got to do a big right. thanks if to If I don't go pee pee uh, now, it's going to be right. Cool, cool. <laughs> thanks to our listeners, to our Patreon subscribers, and everyone. Go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Thanks for listening. Let's get out of here. This is Liza. Stumpy John. Emma Darling. Kelly. Craig. Make a jam, son. Bagel. And we are out of here. Beep, beep. Good night. Good evening.